Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson. And tonight, I can announce the return to our original cast, as I have with me my co-host, James Bunkle, and Matt Dennis and Flo Dennis. Welcome back. Leave a message after the tone. (laughs) <laughs> well i'm happy to be back anyway yeah. <laughs> hey, the internet missed you both yay did they did they really we have returned and we're not going to die this episode so that's something <laughs> <laughs> i say um once again a big thanks to uh, paul for stepping in for the last like five months <laughs> uh, he uh did his best to fill you guys shoes and uh, hold down the fort with bunkle here and i think i think it went well uh, yeah, I think you did. I think you did a really, really good job, uh, actually, yeah. for a, for a, for a D and D kind of first timer, effectively. And um, he wasn't as much of a dick as he was when he's playing Steve, so that was good as well. <laughs> literally one arm lopped off. He did fucking amazing. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, he soldiered on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Full credit. Yeah. Great adversity is what makes great players, and that's what I'm here to do. Jesus. <laughs> you literally you, you didn't kill him dude but you might as well have yeah constantly <laughs> i mean in, in fairness he was given a fair shot those rolls man jam. Uh, um, I, I can't even go into it how many times he rolled so badly and that's that's just damn dice, anyway the dice hate paul <laughs> They do. They, they really do. do. What did he do to the dice god? I swear, when he was Steve, he must have been too cocky or something. So it's just been <laughs> punished ever since. Uh, <laughs> well, that was last week. We closed out the uh, Dreamlands little mini arc, our little joiner between Arc 1 and Arc 2. Next week, we kick off Arc 2 proper. So what's this week? Well, we all gathered together to do a special little episode here that isn't D&D, so... You know, if you're looking for a normal episode, you can move right on. Sorry about that, but you probably should have figured that out from the title of the episode. <laughs> what we're going to do right now is a bit of a recap of Arc 1, because I realized this when writing my own notes for this episode, so much shit happens in Arc 1. Lots of little story threads, lots of things you guys did, things that will be important going forward. And we now have like 70-something episodes when this goes live. So people just starting... For starters, our early episodes aren't as good as our later episodes, so, you know, this is a nice place for people to jump on. Um, If you don't want to troll through all the uh, time we spent figuring out how to record things, having internet problems, (laughs) me recording on my laptop where you can hear the fan the whole goddamn time, you know, things like that. (laughs) If you want to move until we were competent, you can jump on here, maybe listen to a few episodes to get the gist of things, and then go and talk too. We're not competent, mate. Well, comparatively. I, I, am, a, I am. I grade on a scale. Yeah, we're, we're confident we're not competent. Hmm. I'm, I'm confidently competent. I actually now finally understand how to play my character after five months on my own. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't your, on your own? Jesus. Yep, yep. It's been interesting listening to the Rogar show, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Dreamlands has been Rogar boot camp because it's when he came to realize that for 40 episodes he hadn't even used any of his paladin abilities. That That's when it kind of hit home. That maybe he needs to read the book. <laughs> oh, shit, I can do Divine Smite? Ah. Vow of yeah, She does a lot what? of damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, it, was, it was a shock and uh to be fair 
if I had known this earlier on, things would have been much, much easier for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might not. <laughs> you might not have died so many times. Which would oh my cool. god, you might not have died so many times. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I only died three times, and one of those I couldn't even stop it. Dude, dude, dude! <laughs> two weeks in game. Two weeks. It's Roughly. been longer. It, it's been longer than two weeks. <laughs> it's been a little bit longer. About I have a timeline. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't died at all in the Dreamlands. Well, actually, you know, you did die, but that was Doctor Nick. And in fairness, yeah, we all would have died then. Doctor Nick was a bad, bad man. He was, and I was very low on health. <laughs> and and, and uh, do you know what? One of the things about being a listener for all of this time, it's been so annoying because I've been shouting at my car stereo the things <laughs> I want to yeah. say. At specific moments. <laughs> I've been like, oh, I need to put that on Twitter. Oh, shit. Where was that? Shit. What was my idea? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. I literally had to Google a picture of Dave Benson Phillips for one joke on Twitter. <laughs> 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 oh. The efforts you guys put in. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it has been genuinely interesting listening back. And yeah, I think... We probably need to do a bit of a recap now, which I think is going to be as interesting for us as it is for our listeners, because what are we doing? We're stepping back. When did we start actually recording? Oh, God. Our first actual episode, it was like, I think we recorded it in August 2018. Jesus. The world was sane then. Wow. Yeah, our, our first episode released on the 13th of August 2018. Fucking hell. Jesus. It's a long time. That is a long time ago. And it was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Mostly that me. That episode is mostly, uh, mostly Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that not the one where you kill the, the, the orc who's tied up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, meet, I, meet, I meet Vash, and he's completely crazy. Cooks and gets to do his first kind of um, on-accent pod. Uh, on-pod mm. accent, rather. Um, yeah. And yeah, I had to carry the episode all on my own. Mm. Putting the team on your back first day out there. Well, I mean, what can I say? You know, I'm sure you guys have missed me. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You've not even been there either. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but I've had to put up with you, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, before we just start recapping, I, I, one thing I wanted to try get out here first is for someone who's listening to the show for the first time, I find our show is quite hard to describe. Like, I'm trying to give like a one-word description, like a one-line description, where a a horror, vaguely comedic, story-focused, actual play, homebrew campaign <laughs> with heroes that aren't really heroes, and one of which is actually evil at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to put into just one word what we are, because I think we do have some USPs that I hope our listeners have enjoyed, because <laughs> they're, uh, they're only going to get more uh, USP here <laughs> as uh, time goes on. Um, but yeah, when I'm trying to pitch our show to new listeners, I always have to try to think, how do, how do I frame this? It's a bit of political intrigue. There was revolution. There was horrors from beyond the stars trying to eat people's brains. You know, where, where do you start? Clusterfuck. Clusterfuck. Yeah, Clusterfuck. that's our genre. Yeah, yeah. I'll add that to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that'll go down too well on Apple. <laughs> okay, I'll add that on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yes, I don't know. I mean, oh, go on, go on, dude. No, I was just, I was just thinking it's it, it, it's hard to put it, isn't it? Because like, I mean, obviously, I don't know what's coming going forward, 
you know, we are a it's it's we are a homebrew world with well, I suppose we're anti-heroes, really, aren't we? Hey, 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 hey. None of us actually have heroic uh traits. No, I mean we've we've got we've got effectively a loner woodswoman. <laughs> who 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 turns out you know as is is the trope that she's actually the daughter of one of the noble families, but you know really really doesn't want to help anyone else. Is only really interested in her brother, and that's about it. We've yep. got the dragonborn, hell bent on revenge, and willing to accept kind of any help from anywhere in getting that, which has led him down a path of madness and servitude of some kind of cataclysmic entity. And then we've got the sort of effective East End gangster uh, who really only cares about his gang, his small group of friends, and, you know, has, has a history of shaking people down and brutally murder, murdering them. So, yeah, not exactly your average standard bunch of goody two-shoes heroes. Murder hobos. Murder, murder hobos, hobos is an apt term. <laughs> uh, is it, the only thing that stops me calling us murder hobos is... We kind of have an idea of where we're going with this, whereas I feel like if we were a bit, if we were to be but more murder hoboy, we'd literally just kill anybody. Well, yeah, we we do. I mean, we 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 had an idea. Um, well, eff- effectively, at this point, we've achieved what we set out to do. Yeah. So, but we we definitely we, we were on a quest, and we 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 did help people. We did some good. We were we weren't just those like I don't know, edge lord, dick characters. Who go around and just murder like the random peasants asking for help because haha, <laughs> we're evil kind of thing. We we did help people. We also kill people. You did once help one peasant. You yeah, we did. True, you did. We did. Who wanted to get into our pants? Oh no, no, I helped that. No. Yeah, we, yeah, we 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 helped the 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 um lovely lady with the music as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We helped the lady with the music, and we helped that 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 the drunk guy. Old Jensen, yeah, to old it, Jensen, yeah. yeah. We 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 helped Bradley Cooper. Bradley yeah. Cooper wasn't a peasant though. No, he wasn't a peasant, but we still helped him. And we got a house out of it. He was well, off we, pod. We, we we kept the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we go, just in random directions here, <laughs> just to give people listening a, an idea of like a timeline here. So we actually started our campaign off podcast. Um, it was something we were just doing on our own time, you know, have a bit of fun, get to chat regularly, because we, uh, you might be able to guess, we are not all sat in a studio together. We are sat across the uh, UK, and we just wanted to, you know, chat and hang out and have a good time. And we decided on D&D, and we started this campaign off part. Some things do happen that are relevant, which I think is, in one sense, unfortunate, but I could never think of a way to kind of write this into the campaign other than eventually dropping story points later on which I, I think have helped people who've listened. But what I thought I'd open with here is a little bit of a recap. And obviously you guys jump in with any uh, comments or thoughts along the way. But I'll keep this brief because I think we've moved on quite far from what happened off pod now anyway. So our three anti-heroes were brought together by some strange, mysterious, powerful entity. And you were set on a quest to go help a revolution take place within the city of Varadin. All three of you were given these powerful marks, and ever since that day you were plagued by horrifying nightmares 
you walked into the city and you kind of went straight to work, really. You went right up to the guy that you had to speak to, a man called Heinrich Sandron, who was a government official who was working for the revolution, a bit of a guy behind enemy lines. And he set you off on a ton of quests. He just wanted you to go win friends and influence people, go to the temples, get them on side. You had a temple of Tempus, Mistra, and Kalemvor, all powerful public figures. And really, if you were going to get a revolution to work, you needed them to give you all the seal of approval. And can I can I just throw in there that the um, the, the part where uh, Rogar decides the first thing he's going to do is literally just walk up to the palace. <laughs> that is true. I mean, straight up to the, 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 the most, most heavily guarded place in the whole of the city, who all know, who, well, at least some of the guards are going to know exactly who he is. He just storms up there to see if he can go and murder the guy who wants to murder, who just so happens to be the most powerful person in the city. He wanted to 1v1 him, didn't he, a little bit? Basically. I mean, Ro- Ro- we know a- how that goes. A lot of Rogar has changed like over this pod a huge amount, probably more than any of the other characters, but some things don't change. <laughs> <laughs> some things were really baked in early. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't understand what all this hate is, but, you know. <laughs> there's, there's no hate. There's only love, man. There's only love. <laughs> no, I hate him. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're all such good friends. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> so, well, I think that's one of the interesting things here. And as we're sort of starting out, you guys, you three guys were bound together on this quest, but you all had different reasons to be in the city. Tommy lived there and had never wanted to leave and basically just wanted to make sure his gang were well taken care of and, you know, make a bit of money on the side, have a good time, that sort of thing. Rogar was returning to the city because he wished to kill Samuel Kren, a man who will become very infamous throughout our campaign. But he was the current leader of Varadin and had horribly wronged Rogar in some way that he eventually revealed was the murder of his entire clan. And Sophia, well, you were coming back because you'd heard a rumor that your brother David had died and you didn't quite believe it. You wanted to see it with your own eyes and find out just what the fuck was going on. Pretty much. Yeah. Just kind of sums you guys up. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, I think, I think that was that's pretty accurate. And interesting, actually, sort of... Um... One of the things I've, I've noticed when I was having a bit of a listen back is a, a great sort of jumping off point. If you want a little flavor of what we're like um, when we're feeling quite free and you don't want too much extra story to know, um, that we do, we do a little um, recap to a time before Samuel Crenn was an even motherfucker. And just oh, listen yeah. to that, the, the, those little four episodes. We, we're playing as different characters, which might seem a little bit odd, but it's a real great flavor of who we are as a podcast i think without getting too much baggage yeah yeah it's episodes 37 38 39 and 40 uh yeah i really enjoy that little run i think it was a bit of a breath of fresh air because one of the things i do know when you play a long-term campaign it's not that it becomes boring but it becomes a little bit like you get set in your ways of doing one thing over and over again it's good to kind of break out play a different character whether you like that character love that character or just have them as a throwaway it's nice to have that little change of pace yeah so think outside the box a little bit i mean you know we we, you you can probably tell um going back to the start of this campaign that that we'd never really played much together as a part well we never played together as a party before um except in a few like little test games some of us had never really created characters before either and we all ended up with effectively people who hit stuff (laughs) <laughs> yeah. There was no finesse there at all, was it? Yeah, so 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 a balanced party we were not. Um we still aren't. No. So so it's interesting to sort of 
watch us when we've actually learned some of the lessons from that uh, and, and how we progress in that in that little tiny arc um, just to learn about who we are as players but to learn about who we are as characters yeah <laughs> we, we have we have grown quite a lot over this this podcast I think and we've um, our characters have changed some more so than others yeah definitely I think you guys have I, I think that's part of the things on long-term campaigns one things I really like about it is that a character becomes more rounded by the actions and not just some notes you may have scribbled together at the start like you can write a massive backstory and really like it but it doesn't come to life until you start playing it and mm. i think that's really happened for all three of you like these characters are different from what they started with but to me it's an evolution it's not like you've changed and like thrown everything away and started over again oh no i mean and that's that's the, sort of one thing we, we've we've done kind of organically is we've all multi-classed and i think we've all multi-classed in really quite logical character driven ways but mm. what it's done is rounded the party out a lot more and we've and um, where would we be without our cast of um npc allies as well indeed so uh pre-pod you guys gained two npcs uh on completely different quests so uh, you had one encounter with a smuggler who was looking to steal a bunch of items from a warehouse it turned out that that warehouse was protected by a rather mysterious gang called the Watchers, who Tommy has some, you know, light affiliation with. And they set you on a task to kill the smuggler. But they warned you it might be a little bit tough. Like, this was supposed to be a bit of a punishment, not a uh, reward for trying to rip them off. So Tommy went back to his gang and brought in a man called Handrel, a uh, lovable rogue who tagged along with the party and went with you to kill off our... Uh, Evil smuggler mini boss. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, Andrew. What a ledge. He's a good man. And after that, you guys went to do a quest for one of the temples, the Temple of Kalemvor. Turns out their um, high priest, a man called Halson, had a missing brother. And he was investigating a mausoleum for signs of undead activity and hadn't returned. So the party goes to find him and. Well, Ansir ends up becoming the cleric of the group. Give you guys a bit of healing and uh, spiritual backup. Oh, and we, we, we find out that undead dogs do not fetch bones. You do. <laughs> <laughs> While this is going on, you guys are getting plagued by nightmares. You're you know, losing your grip on reality at times. Tommy is spoken to by a, a strange otherworldly creature that gives you a little metal orb and kind of gives, leaves you with a bit of a cryptic message that You'll know when the time's right to use this, but otherwise, just just play along with some of the strings you're being pulled around with. Rogar takes the other approach and signs up to Team Evil. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, what do you do? I don't I know mean, why you're defending yourself there. I mean, it's I, like I, did, oh, I am oh. not evil. You I mean, are. I love I... your character sheet. It says evil, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and 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 it's it's like big. Evil entity says, I will give you everything you want. And Rogo goes, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to kind of introduce how that came to be, um, probably the last important point that was off pod was that uh, you guys did a very early quest to speak to a revolutionary recruiter, a man called Amaram. Turns out he was a little bit stranger than you expected. He tried to kill you all, and... He it seemed he had links to some secretive cult that was working underneath the city. When you investigated these leads, it eventually led to Rogar joining said cult, 
was led by a woman called the Crimson Tongue, and they worshipped an entity called the Whispering Man. And that night, Rogar had a little bit of a dream. Got any input there, Bunkle? No, no, I was just, I was just, I was just like, uh, you know, like, I, well, I suppose I did sign up. But... <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, you keep trying to play this off, but dude, come on, we can yeah. see through. We've been listening for the last like five months. We know <laughs> that does it doesn't make me evil. At the end of the day, I am insane. <laughs> Yes. Now, uh, you, 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 you are. I, I, I am now insane. Point of clarity, you were not insane when you signed up. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know you're clearly misunderstood as you plot to do all of the multiverse. Yeah. Speaking of the multiverse, Rogar's first task for the Whispering Man was to go kill some sort of celestial guardian and let the Whispering Man invade some strange land all covered in fire and lava. Rogar shrugged his shoulders, said, okay, killed the fucker, and didn't think much more of it. <laughs> I, I, I have to say this, this was, this was in a private episode as well, so we didn't know much of it either at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if, if, you, if you see we're not treating Rogar very much differently at this point, you may understand why. Mm. I mean, well, I, I would we wouldn't just, know I... anyway, but outside of the game... Normally, we give him a lot of shit for some of the stuff <laughs> that he's done. I, I would, I would like to point out that as as far as Rogar was aware at the time, that was happening in a dream. Now, having spent five months in the same place as that dream took place, <laughs> <laughs> I, now I understand what that meant. <laughs> at that point, Rogar did not have a clue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the only other, I think, threads worth mentioning pre-pod is that Tommy was being stalked by someone who kept talking into his mind. That's not gone too far yet, but it's, you know, it's cropped up a few times. And Sophia was hunting down the leads of her missing brother, and you kind of hit a dead end at the brothel where David was spotted on the night he supposedly died. But you found out that there was no body, so you weren't really certain what was going on there. Handrel our uh, lovable rogue, had a bit of a vengeance in mind himself, and seeing some of the gifts Rogar had been given, also signed up to work with the Crimson Tongues cult and worship the Whispering Man. And I think the last thing that happened pre-pod is Sophia gets her face stuck on a wanted poster, and yeah. <laughs> the party learns just how important your dad is. Oh yeah, my dad is a twat. Ah, Not yes. as bad as your mum, though, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Have we met my mum? Yeah, very briefly. She didn't yeah. say too much. No, she didn't. He's, he's obviously super evil and significantly worse for the, for the entire like, world than your mum is, but your mum's a total bitch. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. So yeah, um, it turned out Sophia was in fact Sophia Landrin of House Landrin, the most powerful noble house in all the city and second in power only to Samuel Crenn himself. Party took that in stride, but yeah. uh, Sophia had to hide her face for a while. Disguised self would have been great for that. <laughs> would have been. Yep. You know, it's even better. I still don't have it. <laughs> what disguise self? <laughs> no, the helmet that gives us that. <laughs> yes, I know you don't have that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake! He didn't even need it. He was just buggering off. 
Hey, hey, you know, gotta, you got you gotta help out your friends. We're your fucking friends. I've not seen you for five months. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 you've been dreaming, all right? You can fuck <laughs> off with that. <laughs> Where's Rogar? You seen Rogar anytime? No, I don't know where he went. He just buggered off. He's <laughs> <laughs> like one of those mates you just don't see over the summer holidays and they come back and they're like, what's up, guys? You're like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> you realise Tommy's going to come home and Rogar's just going to be in the kitchen having a sandwich. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be in the fucking lounge in a vest eating a microwave pizza or whatever the equivalent is. <laughs> in a deck chair. Being like, look guys. <laughs> yeah, watching the equivalent of Baywatch. <laughs> oh. These are all things that... Um, Uncle has actually done so. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Like you're proud of it? He, he is, is a little bit proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I- I'm telling you now. You you've not lived until you've got no lounge furniture, so you're sat on a deck chair eating a pizza, wearing a wife beater vest. I'm sorry, but you haven't. <laughs> uh... Oh, this is a great um, advert for Hull University, right there. This this was before Hull. Oh, and was this, it really? this wasn't a university. This is in my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't forget, this is supposed to be an advert for the pod. So oh, yeah. hi everyone. It's it's going great. Our numbers are going through the roof. <laughs> you are welcome, so, DM. You are welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you wonder why I hurt you all. <laughs> Speaking of hurting you all, that's when we started a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. And, well, the first thing you guys went to do was uh, resolve a little issue for the Temple of Tempus, which was, could you try put an end to the ongoing gang war? Because all our clerics are having to save citizens, heal them up, our sickbeds are full of people. Can, can you stop the uh, open warfare in the streets? And you guys kind of shrugged and went, what do we get from it? And they went you know, the revolution, and you went, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 kind of how we do with most quests, in fairness. Yeah. We didn't even insight check that, motherfucker. We never insight check things. We just take things for granted <sighs> because everyone is a straight-up dude, and <laughs> no one has ever lied to us. <laughs> no one has ever lied to you ever. No. As no. far as we know. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I even made a magical item that gave, gives you guys advantage on insight just to prompt you to fucking check people, and then you <laughs> forgot you even had it. Who has that now? I was going to say, blame the lady who's wearing it. Fucking Solara. Not met her yet. We're jumping forward. Yeah, she's yeah, not showing sucks. up yet. <laughs> um... Yeah, so you guys go to deal with the gang war. You speak to a rather psychotic dwarf known as Vash, who works for a gang called the Reapers, and he wants you to go kill a man, well, what sort of man? A half-orc man called Thoric Spinebreaker, the leader of the Orc Boys. Basically, there's open warfare in the streets. Put an end to it. You decide, fuck it, let's go cut the head off the Hydra and end this whole deal. And you do. You win. Congrats. Well done. Yeah, pop the motherfucker in the head. He's running away. Yeah, was I, I like that episode. It was an early one, so like the quality is not as good in terms of recording. But I, I don't know. I like the little standoff, Tommy almost dying, and then you getting the sort of revenge shot at the end. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice little loop, that one, I think. Yeah. It, it, it came together really well, completely unplanned as well. So yeah, yeah. It's always, always good when that happens. It is indeed. So, gang war put behind you. You guys, well, you guys run into a little bit of a problem at this point. So, one thing that happened pre-Bard was you attacked a noble house. And <laughs> you rescued some people from there, and you left the nobles alive. In fact, you carefully avoided them. But they didn't forget, and this is to bring a rather big aspect of our campaign into this little retelling. You were suddenly under a city under lockdown from creatures that at the time you knew as the Illuminated. These mechanical, undead, magical monsters who roam the streets seemed to be given almost complete authority to arrest, kill, dispose of whoever they wanted, and... They seem to just be an extension of Kren's madness and malice towards his own people. You know, going full tyrant and despot, crushing them under the heel of these monsters. And, well, they didn't take too kindly to these nobles being attacked, and the whole city got locked the fuck down. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Didn't go well. We got bollocked by the watch. Uh, yeah, by the watch, didn't we? Yeah, you did. Oh, we did. <laughs> she was not happy with nope. you. <laughs> I, I've noticed throughout time she has never been happy with you. <laughs> no, no, but she's not killed us yet, so we're no. obviously not that bad. I think she sort of tolerates us like a wayward child, you know. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You tried to rob her in your first meeting. <laughs> we, we didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know. You <laughs> fucked the city up enough that she thought it was worth telling you that you fucked the city up. She came to our house to tell us we'd fucked the city up. <laughs> you know how bad it is when someone that powerful just rocks up into your lounge. <laughs> it sits in your chair, Tommy. She's in my chair, man. She's in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, did she sit in your chair? Did the Crimson Tongue sit in your chair? <gasps> I think they both did. Fucking trying to get my ass groove back in there afterwards. <laughs> what if they're both the same person? <gasps> no inside checks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck, I'm going to have to do that next time. Note yourself. Insight check that shit. You're going to forget. <laughs> right. We Probably. always do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the city went into lockdown, and with a little bit of unfortunate timing, that night, Rogar decided to test what would happen if he didn't feed a certain craving he'd been having for a while, which was to consume human flesh. He'd been kind of eating dead bodies on the down low to kind of keep that hunger at bay. But this night he decided not to, and he underwent terrible transformation where he became this large, feral ghoul. Broke through his window and leaped off into the city, and the party chased after him. And things got worse from there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Time. It, yeah. It, it, this, this is you ever you've seen the Simpsons episode. Well, he does it more than one where Homer puts his finger in his collar and goes, "Oh, uh, yeah." yeah. That, that was one of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, you uh, tracked Rogar down to a rooftop. You defeated him, killed him, in fact. Bitches. But during the fight, the Illuminated and some of Varadin's guards showed up. Anseer fell off the roof and the Illuminated put him down. So really, it's Rogar's fault. Uh, yeah, he should have eaten. But hey, man, I mean, we did everything we could to not kill you then. We, <laughs> we, 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 we fucked about good and proper to not kill, yeah, you, kill you. And it was a massive moment when we dropped you. We thought, I thought, oh, man, what an emotional moment. And then fucking Ansir goes down. And that was, yeah. <laughs> 
It's what I like to call the old rope a dope. You know, I brought you in with one tragedy and then just hit you with the side with the other. I mean, I, I, I tell you, genuinely, genuinely crushed after that episode. Yeah. Uh, if, if you listen back, I think you can hear it as well. Yeah. Um, I think there's, you know, I said at the time, very, very few, very occasionally does something really sort of stick with me like that. Mm. And I don't know what it was. I think it was just because we kind of felt a bit invincible up to that point. Mm. We're trying to and, save one character and then another one dies. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little, and, and we didn't know that Rogar was going to come back at that point either. Mm. So. We were hoping he died. <laughs> uh, I think that's like one of those bits where you watch a show like, I don't know, Breaking Bad, and you're like, when you first watch it, you might be on Walter's side, but then if you rewatch it later, you're like, God, he was always an asshole. This is like you rewatch with, you re listen to his Rogar, like, fuck, I hope he stays dead. You know, he <laughs> doesn't. But like, do, 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 you know, do, you know, do you know what's funny? A little bit of me, a little bit of me listening recently. Oh, was, it's a lot of you, love. <laughs> was just like, oh, come on, Cran, you can do it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just like you, you've had, you've had um, a couple of um, Paul characters there. They've both been like super good allies, and you, you must have missed this like continued trolling and mistrust from your fellow podcast members. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, right? <laughs> You're a cop. I, 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 I love the mental gymnastics you go through to try and justify Rogar's actions. I love it. <laughs> Every time, it's like, well, yeah, but come on. <laughs> I tell you what, right? I, I made one promise to Varys, and that's that we'll get him out of there. And what the fuck did I do? I got that man out of there. Okay, he's missing an arm. That's his own fault. At the end of the day, who saved him from Dr. Nick? That would be this guy. Inadvertently. I mean, yeah, by by kind of, oh, maybe we should go and find Varys. I mean, you you spent ages in his lab and they're like, oh, yeah, I I stabbed Varys when I got in here, didn't I? I should probably go and look for him. (laughs) No, 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 no. At the end of the day, right, Okay, I forgot that he was in there, right? But <laughs> as far as I knew, he was still hiding. It's not my fault that, again, he decided to get up and roll the natural one. Right? <laughs> yeah, Because Paul can't roll well. No offense, Paul. I love you. Um, <laughs> no offense. All right, I, I, I would love a little more of the amount of times you've just been like, I'm sorry, Paul. Or, I'm sorry, Varys, but this is just what Rogar would do. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Right, if 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 you if you're referring to Robert, yeah. Now, 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 I'm I'm telling you, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. slivering up to somebody like his, who's a snake, like a snake. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm not being held responsible for that man. That was awesome. That was, <laughs> I mean, that, was, that, was that was the, that was the best failure in adult <laughs> history. It has to be. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, I had fun. <laughs> What's up, fellow snake people? And what, man, what, don't forget the time when he actually got taken, he tried to say Rogar was a cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> Robert did not make wise choices, and that's the end of Robert. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that's the far future. We're not quite got there in our story no. yet. No, 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 no. no. We, you can tell listeners that uh, our group hasn't been together for a while. 
there's, there's a lot of catching up to do. There is a lot. That's good. That's what this episode's for. It's, you know, it's like uh, we're all in some sort of fantasy tavern, having drinks and just yelling at each other. At the end of the day, Rogar's a hero. Rogar's a hero. <laughs> to who? <laughs> to Varys. To a very select group of people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, after that tragedy of Ansir dying, Rogar dying, but then returning again. The first time he died, he lost all of his like strength. The second time, he lost his mind, and Rogar came back a much-changed character. Hey, man, I mean, we, we, we can't gloss over the glorious save of Rogar, where I carried him on my shoulders, hiding from the guards, True. through the sewers. Come on, that, 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 that was... If, if anyone was a hero at any point in the fucking <laughs> podcast, that was Tommy <laughs> at that fucking moment, man! That is one shining moment of Tommy's hero career. <laughs> I mean, I, I am... My hero career is mucky as fuck, but that one moment, that one moment, as, as like, with death all around me, I'm carrying the corpse at this point, is all I can yeah. think, of my friend, because that's all I can fucking do. Mm-hmm. Uh, powerful scene. Tear to my eye. Should have left him. <laughs> well, like in hindsight, maybe, but. <laughs> 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 oh well. <laughs> Live and learn. Uh, you do. Oh, Rogar dies and doesn't learn. Fuck all. But uh, following on from all this sort of downer note that you had, you guys decided to do a good deed and you helped out a poor farmer. Plus, it gave you an opportunity to try leave the city and uh, go looking for some of the Revolution's troops who'd gone missing. They were apparently holed up in a mine, but they hadn't arrived in the city yet, and Heinrich was a bit like, what the fuck's going on? Go find them. To do that, you picked up some bounties so that you could get past the lockdown on, like, official business, and Tommy got interrogated by a rather suspicious bounty hunter called Reinhold, who seemed to be looking for Sophia. Yeah, note to self, kill that guy. (laughs) Tommy learned he can't lie, and uh, Reinhold didn't question it further at the time. Yeah. And the group left the city. So, <sighs> so w- w- one of the things I've learned from D&D, and is if any of you are starting up a party at any point, have a character who can talk to people. <laughs> it <doesn't laughs> turn, turns out, and you know, who knew, right? A lot of D&D is talking. And <laughs> if you have characters with... Zero you know, charisma. I would say not zero, but 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 very limited dump stat charisma. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them, uh, and that's your party. Then you're going to have a bad time. I mean, you can tell why um, a good long running joke around this time is should have been a bard, or <laughs> if I die, I'm going to play a bard. And interestingly, in that one shot, I do play a bard. <laughs> you do. Helps a lot. <laughs> roll, and I, and I managed to roll a thirty with my first. Um, persuasion wrong which just goes to show <laughs> maybe I mean, there's something to that old talking thing charismatic yeah. that you wrote an npc in that could talk for us because <laughs> solara helps but anyway. she yeah, well, she, she, yeah. she's got she's got a lot of charisma and yeah. a lot more than we do yeah um, so even if she's a bit of a valley girl she um talk for us she does. And speaking of Solara, this is where she comes into our story, because you guys are on the trail of some kobolds who've stolen a bunch of farmers, and you find that they've not just stolen them, they are in some sort of contractual arrangement with devils to sacrifice these farmers and loot and all these things to 
the great demon lord Dispater. And the you... greatest greatest off-the-cuff comment of all time? <laughs> uh, is this not the party cave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stumbling blindly. Yeah. You guys uh, rock up to the party cave <laughs> to uh, have fun with the Cobalt's leader, who you grossly underestimated and nearly killed you all. Rogar, Rogar does what Rogar does, which is 1v1 me, bro. Yeah. And it doesn't right. go well. At the at the end of the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if that if that bloody if that guy was like was scarable, right? I couldn't have rolled any higher on that intimidation roll. Right? No, nope, you I couldn't. Would've, we would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there was a whole cave of kobolds that we walked past, but yeah, we, yeah. We, we'd have been all right. I mean, you, you yeah. know intimidation and persuasion aren't just magic, right? Like, you can, <laughs> win a, you can win someone around a little bit, but if their prerogative is to slit your throat, you going, I'll kick your ass, isn't really going to help you there. <laughs> they might give you an eyebrow raise and then slit your throat, but you know. <laughs> well, you know. You're thinking of suggestion. Well, if, if I had known how to actually play <laughs> Paladin, it might have gone better. <laughs> might have. That is true. But um, yeah, you, you beat the Kobolds, but then their devilish masters appeared because they were most displeased. Something summoned them into the room. Curious. Oh, well, let's forget about that and not come back to it. Oh, shit. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't. Don't worry, I remember these things. <laughs> I remember it, so you don't have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were saved by one Solara Rainier, a half-elven sorceress who was on the hunt for information about an ancient group of mages known as the Illuminated. And you all sat there and went, where have we heard that name before? Yeah, and we thought. Yeah. And we thought some more. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, uptake, uh, yeah. Quite, quite slow. Yeah. Turns out those creatures in the city calling themselves the Illuminated might not be the ones you thought they were. And in fact, might be something altogether different, but related. So Solara joins your party in this sort of quest for information and gives you a little bit of insight on these ancient mages that went rogue and evil and did many horrible things throughout history. Before you get to the silver mine, though, which was the point of you leaving the city, Tommy has a bit of a nightmare. Kind of reaches a crescendo in his little bit of madness as he sleeps. And he joins the King in Yellow, an entity from beyond the stars who wants to sow a little bit of chaos and really kind of mess with Tommy's head a lot. Why is it a fucking chaos? Why can't it be like roses and <laughs> puppies? Puppies, yeah, thank you. <laughs> because because Ancient elder entity of puppies. Friendship. At, at the end of the day, you had a chance to join the A-team. Oh. Yes, but when I look at who else is on the A-team, I decided I didn't want to be that much of a twat. So, <laughs> See, could have done, done with my BA Barakas, but you know, you'll have to do. Hey, we're still friends right now. Mm. At the minute. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Tommy, you don a pallid mask and you start to lose a bit of sight of who you are. Your mind is not what it used to be, but you make your way to the silver mine where the revolution is in a bit of dire straits. It seems the mine has started collapsing. They've lost a bunch of supplies. Everyone's injured 
and Lieutenant Ashar, who's trying to lead these people, is doing her best to keep all of them alive and can't spare much resource to go get the supplies they're now missing. Luckily, you guys offer to help. Yay. Because that's the kind of nice people we are. You are, and to repay your niceness, she sends some help with you. The only help she can spare. One guard who dies almost immediately, and one guard who goes by the name of Steve Blackwood. Ah, uh, if only Steve had been the one that died quickly. <laughs> the fact is, we saved his ass. <laughs> yes, we did. You gave him weapons. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> you did. And during your excavation of the mine, Steve betrayed the party, stole some sort of glowing blue crystal from a chest, used this weird little rune to teleport away, and left you guys to, he hoped, die to an Umber Hulk. But you beat the Umber Hulk. Congratulations. And I shot the motherfucker on the way out as well. It's gotta be you did. Put that in there. And that's true, true. You got a parting shot on Steve, which he kind of took to heart. Yeah, well, he, he deserved it. <laughs> but uh, you got the supplies back to Ashar, and she told you they would start making their way to Baradin, and the revolution could move forward. But on your way back to the city, it was Sophia's turn to fall into a dream, as she was confronted by an entity known as the Sidon, who'd been filling her mind with sort of rage and hate and trying to push her down some sort of path of a, of a berserker. But Sophia, unlike everyone else, said, fuck no, I ain't signing up with you, and decided to fight. Ah, oh, yeah. And you won. It's because I'm a badass. Because yeah, badass. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> hey, hey, you, uh, you did very well, and Anseer did show up to give you a little bit of a helping hand, let you know that well, some, some entities out there might be on your side, whether they know exactly what they're fighting or not. And you rejected the Sidon and escaped with your sanity intact, but your mark went dull and started to fade away. Now it's just a sort of flat scar. Sad face. I do uh, miss that. Just that little bit. A little bit of power. Yeah. Mm. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> but... Next up, let's get back to the city. Let's bring Solara to the Temple of Mistra and see if she can talk to these uh, uppity mages about the Illuminated. You know, fill them in and maybe we'll get this temple on side as well. However, their leader, one Archpriestess Lauren, was in a rather difficult meeting with a bunch of druids of the Purifying Flame who were claiming that, hey, something's gone wrong with the Plane of Fire. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. One of us has visited somewhere that's lots of fire. I never saw the plane itself. Just a bridge. <laughs> a magical yeah. bridge. A magical wonder, bridge with bridge. a big fire giant at the end of it. <laughs> oh, you're not Rogar right now. Stop laughing, Manite. <laughs> he's not. If, if, in case you hadn't noticed, everyone, he's not quite sure where the line is anymore <laughs> <laughs> see this is true yeah. i'm slightly worried about him cookson was... what have you done i, th I think it... that might that might just be lack of sleep though and it, it was just the perfect madness to give me isn't it really let's be fair yeah. <laughs> rolled entirely randomly and it yep. uh, has worked out well <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, being the good people that you are, you decide, hey, we'll check out the plane of fire for you. Let's find out what's going on. And Rogar got to see his handiwork. There was a terrifying storm tearing apart the lands. Hundreds of thousands of winged monsters were flying through the sky. You saw dragons and elementals being corrupted. And eventually you came across the titanic corpse of Kossoth, the fire titan, the ruler of the plane of fire. And he was dead, and his face was being used as a giant portal to somewhere you don't want to know. Well, I definitely don't. Rogar might. Yeah. Maybe. Rogar's probably been. (laughs) (laughs) You were attacked by a corrupted fire elemental that came out of that portal. You beat it, but it was time to run because that storm was getting closer and you did not like the look of it. So you fleed, a little bit singed, very exhausted, but with some useful information, but not something you could deal with directly right now because that was a little bit out of your uh, pay grade back then. Still is. Yeah, it still is for you guys. <laughs> for us guys? Sorry, what? <laughs> well, we'll find out soon. Anyway. <laughs> we had a little bit of a loose thread to tie up. Tommy's horrible lies to a bounty hunter. Mm. So while you guys were heading back into the city, it seems someone was lying in wait for you. And Tommy heard a voice in his head, taunting him. It seems that this was some sort of test, perhaps? Hmm. Mysterious. But whatever it was, there were two bounty hunters, one Reinhold and his brother Orthus, waiting for you guys to collect on Sophia. And, well, it had been a long day. You were heavily singed from the plane of fire. You were exhausted. And you got your asses handed to you. Yeah. We don't lose often. You don't. Really sucks when we do. It really really sucks. Yeah. And Sophia got taken away to House Landrin. Yay. (laughs) When my fucked up, fucked up family. You did. She went home. I mean, Hmm. not that bad. They were just just like, wayward child. at home. (laughs) Wayward child, go home. Come on, don't stay out past curfew again. Yes, yeah. we do know who's at home. I was going to say, <laughs> she's complaining about going home. Tommy doesn't really have a home and no family. Rogar's family all got murdered. Except so, his uncle, know... who he murdered. Uh, well, <laughs> well, well, well. Probably. Oh, it was a dream, because dreams aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what you want to believe. <laughs> you guys worked under the assumption that dreams weren't real for a long time. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have fun. <laughs> hey man, we 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 got frame of reference. I mean, you know, dreams aren't real in this world. So I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope. Yeah, but Sophia got taken to her family, and she got to see her father, Maximilian Landrin, her mother, Ophelia, and her father's monstrous court, who she remembered and was somewhat terrified of. Rogar decided he wanted to try help Sophia escape one way. Tommy decided he wanted to help her escape another way, so they split up. Rogar went to go make a deal with the Crimson Tongue to get his hands on some way to break into House Landron. Ended up having to trade Handrel for a Night Gaunt, though. Yeah, Yeah. that's not going to come back and bite us in the ass, don't worry. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Nope. Tommy, on the other hand, tried to go through the sewers. Do a bit of scouting. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's what I know. <laughs> is indeed. And, well, you both did your separate plans. However, Sophia wasn't really the sort to hang around and wait to be rescued. She cut a deal with Maximilian and basically promised that she would return David to House Landrin in exchange for her freedom to do what she wanted, go live with her adopted parents, and basically be left alone by these horrible creatures. Yeah, Sophia did do that, didn't she? You did. Dumbass. <laughs> She'll get right on that, you know. Yeah, totally. But that's undone. Maximilian accepted. He left the city because he had things to deal with elsewhere, taking most of his court with him. And Sophia walked home and basically said, hey, you fuckers left me. Yeah. We, we, we tried to get you back. We literally staged a couple of heroic missions. And I have to say, you know, in, in tandem, we knew what each, what each other were doing. And we had, we had backups and contingencies. I mean, this this was a fully well staged um, tactical operation to rescue our friend. Yeah, pincer movement. Yeah, I mean, proper operators. I'm like the Navy SEAL sneaking through the tunnels. He's (laughs) he's the airborne flying through the sky. You know, through windows. (laughs) Well, you know, I did tell you to fuck off, didn't I? Pretty much. Uh, Yeah, you did. Basically, yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was a oh, waste fuck of off. Good night, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that trade won't come back to hurt you. Oh. Moving on, though, after all these dangerous dealings, you guys, you wanted a little bit of a break, so you decided to check out the Grand Arena Tournament. And you did pretty damn well. You fought your way all the way through to the semi-final, where you were challenged by an extremely powerful manticore, but you won, and that gave your leader, Tommy, the right to challenge a intimidating Goliath, the reigning champion, Karak the Bloody. Which hasn't happened yet. Which hasn't happened yet. I think about this time Thor Ragnarok came out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I may be familiar with these works. <laughs> Uncle definitely is, because yes. this is about the time that Rogar sort of gains a little bit of a new personality. Um, and starts to believe that he is a goddamn hero. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, after all those victories in tow, you guys settled in for a good night's sleep and to rest on your laurels for once when Handrel escaped the clutches of the Crimson Tongue and delivered a dire warning that most of Tommy's gang, the Rat Runners, had been captured and bad shit was about to go down. Oh man, Handrel. Do we insight check him? What, Handrel? Yeah. Um, no, I think we actually might have done, but you know what? He was telling the truth. He was? Yeah. To his um, eternal... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever the word is. Yeah. So Handrel led you guys down to the Temple of the Crimson Tongue, and you fought your way through, and on the way, Sophia found her wayward brother, though... He wasn't acting anything like you remember him acting. He seemed entirely obsessed with the cult and definitely was not going to come quietly. So our siblings fought each other and you were victorious. You knocked David out and tied him up, dragging him along with you. I tried. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no offense, Sophia, but he was a tool. (laughs) To be fair, Rogan knew where he was the entire fucking time. He did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Dark Horror. Rogar was keeping something from the party. 
That'll never happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Why does everyone act like this is new? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it wasn't just David you found down there in the temple, was it? Nope. No. (laughs) You came across a large sacrificial chamber filled to the brim with the bodies of Tommy's gang and some of the Reapers as well. And one Steve Blackwood returned and much changed. Seems after Sophia's rejection of the entity that became known as the Sidon, it went seeking someone more willing. And it found one Steve. Uh, he's willing, motherfucker. He's always bent over ready to take it. <laughs> uh, so, the fight was on, and it was actually pretty damn close. Both sides were nearing death. Oh, God. Yeah, if we'd known that, we would have pressed on. Oh, God, yes, we would have pressed on. <laughs> if you had, I honestly don't know if he would have killed some of you, because Steve was pretty strong. He was so low on health, though. Yeah, he was pretty low. We could have taken him. <laughs> well, we'll never know. Whether you could have or not, it seems you guys ran down the timer a bit too long because the temple's master and her bodyguard decided to pay you all a visit. She ripped through Rogar's mind with a detect thought spell and learned of Handrel's betrayal. So she did what any evil cult leader does and disposed of it immediately with a disintegration. Man, I I tried to pop a cap in her. You did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that that was that was one of those moments where, you know, as as a player, don't shoot her, don't shoot her. That's a really stupid thing to do. Don't shoot her, Matt. As a character, she's just disintegrated my mate. I'm gonna fucking shoot this cunt. <laughs> Language. <laughs> oh fuck off. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you guys had to turn tail and run away from that. But not before Rogar took a quick glance back and saw the Crimson Tongue using that same blue crystal that Steve stole to absorb the life force of all those gang members. I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, you did. The things you learn when you recap. Yeah, cheers. Mm. Hey, I'm here to help. (laughs) Are you, though? (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a grey area. I'm the who's playing at this moment. It's true. But after you left, Rogar got a bit of a vision from the Whispering Man, and he was directed to a place where maybe he could gain a bit more knowledge and power, but it was inside House Landron. But before Rogar could even act on that, and post him biting his own hand off to prove his loyalty, you got a bit of a talking to from Tommy's mentor, a man called Valmin. Nice little gnome. Oh, Valmin, man, he's a great dude. He is a great dude. Unfortunately, he'd taken a rather, well, a bit of a poor choice in vetting his workload as he ended up working on a secret project for the government to build a clockwork army that was going to be unleashed upon the city. Super, super refreshing. You know, you know, like, I don't know, when your parents make a really poor choice and you just get to lord it over them for a little bit, because most of the time it's been Tommy's making really stupid choices and Valmin bailing him out. And just, mm. just for once, it's really nice to be like, yeah, you probably should have made a better choice there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to break you, but I, you know that I know that th- 
this was really stupid. <laughs> Just disappointed. Yeah, I mean, but 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 never saying it, you know. <laughs> Just I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of this mess. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. So Valman gave you the rundown. He had left some blueprints that he desperately wanted either stolen back or destroyed. There was a strange power core that had been brought into the research base, which had driven all the clockwork creatures insane. And there was a power battery, which is what was keeping them all running in the first place. And he begged you guys to help, and help you did. You went down to that research base. You stole those blueprints. You destroyed that power core that seemed to house a demon of Yinogu. And you blew up the power battery. Unfortunately, that did cause the entire base to collapse. Yeah, yeah. shit happens. <laughs> yeah. You fell. Yeah, you escaped. Yeah, I was fine. Yeah. Mm. Slara and I were just like making out. I mean, you, you 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 did what you do, and you went home. <laughs> 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 hey, hey! I went to see Valmin and say, if you see those dudes, tell them to fuck off home. Yeah, tell them I went <laughs> home. <laughs> you, you just went home. I mean, you know, hundred dies. Me, me and Rogar are stuck on a rooftop. Rogar might be dead. He went home. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the mental picture that Sophia just kind of shrugs and goes, eh, going to need new friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, you both fell through the floor and you got separated, but you landed in the same const construct, which was a ancient temple to the god Savras. Tommy got greeted by a bunch of ghosts who seemed to be stuck repeating the actions of the day they died, and he was gifted a little bit of a scene recreation by the former head of the temple, who was talking about the Illuminated and how they'd been some sort of patron for the temple, but that today was an important day because they were going to pay them a visit for some reason. And, you know, everything had to be good and ready because Master Berakin, one of the supposedly more powerful members of the Illuminated, was going to come and, you know, see what's been going on. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Considering it was their last day, I'm guessing that didn't go well, then. Yeah, we, we, got, we got some interesting names from this little jaunt, didn't we? Mm. We did. Because Rogar landed somewhere else, and he got to meet the only living member of this order left in the world. A seer who had been bound to a chair, which has essentially rendered him immortal and with the divine gaze of Savras, which allowed him to see any event in the past. However, being buried under here, being separated from his sister, who was also a seer, but of the future, he kind of lost any will to live, and he wanted this opportunity to have his life ended. So he traded information for it, and Rogar was happy to oblige. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't really any doubt there, was there? It's like, Please kill me. And Rogar's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that all? I mean, do, 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 do you want me to make it hurt? <laughs> I got a fair amount of information from him. You did. And then I ate his face. And then you ate his face. <laughs> I don't know why we expect anything different. We, we, we really don't anymore. <laughs> yes, Rogar learned that the temple had been sponsored by the leader of the Illuminated, a man called Azrahim, who had helped champion their cause to other mages from a, uh, a group known as Vorik's Spire, led by the most powerful mage of the time, a man called Vorik, who Solara had name-dropped in the past, because that's the, you know, that's the college she attends, essentially. 
you learned that Azrahim had tasked this order with collecting magical items and storing them here. So the priesthood worked tirelessly to pull them all together for safekeeping. You know, all in one spot. Yeah, smart move. Yeah, Could smart, smart move. Because, you know, Azrahim was super trustworthy at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out times can change. And, well, the A-man, as he is come to be known, decided to take what he holds. <laughs> yeah, do not mention his name. I was going to say, don't. I wouldn't say the a hole either, because if he knows it's you, you're talking about him. He's gonna, he's, you know. Well, we don't know what he's going to do, but just don't mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 he who must not be named, but far scarier than Harry Potter. <laughs> well, that's what I was aiming for. Yeah. He, 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 well, we assume he has a nose. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if he has multiple noses? <gasps> Oh, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> What's scarier than no-nos? Many noses. <laughs> Who knows? <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> God. Jesus. <laughs> you, you, you guys have missed us. <laughs> oh, so, so much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you both got a bit of an info dump about the Illuminated, which might start coming in handy. You also learnt... Well, Rogar learned that um, a woman known as Elistra was a member of the Illuminated, and that name rang a bell. Yeah, like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's in Kren's court. She seems to be some sort of advisor. Oh, man. I, I, I love the, way, the sort of anger you said that with. Like, you finally noticed one of the subtle hints that I made. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken me like a year's worth of podcasting. <laughs> Hey, you found her hot, Tommy. Well, not Tommy. Uh, Kurt. No, Kurt found her hot, and Kurt found her hot because she was female-shaped. <laughs> True. Kurt is not a discerning halfling. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rogar started to wonder, wait, what the hell is going on in the palace? Eh, I'll file that away for later. dum 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 He met back up with Tommy, and the two of you figured out how to leave this temple. Though strangely, where it exited was in a place Tommy was actually slightly familiar with, because you guys walked straight into the base of the Watchers. Hey guys, what's going on? Hmm. <laughs> uh, it turns out the Watchers had some sort of connection to the temple, whether they were just protecting it or watching over it. But they were doing something with it, and they didn't really like you being there, but luckily Tommy is a card-carrying neophyte to the cause. So they didn't, you know, kill you and just bury you in the rubble. And they let you go. Oh, we hey. got some nice drugs from there. You did. Nice drugs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you considered abandoning the campaign to start your own meth lab. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but it was a valid option. Yeah, It, it was. We should have gone with it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you escaped the research base. All good. That is one of Kren's evil plots thwarted, and good on you guys. But Rogar had a vision that he wanted to uh, follow upon. So he went to House Landrin, he snuck in, and he stole a rather powerful looking greatsword and a book. Books can't be too bad, right? Yeah. <sighs> However, he was fucking caught, and one of. Sophia's friends, a jester known as Marcel, well, 
took Rogar out to the woodshed and uh, <laughs> dealt with him the only way he knew how. <laughs> Pick a card, any card. <laughs> yeah, Rogar got, I like to call it, fucking bodied. <laughs> but Rogar's mark activated, and while Marcel was trying to figure out what to do with this corpse that was messing up his master's study, Rogar woke back up, feeling a little different. But he grabbed the book sword and just legged it the fuck out of there and came <laughs> home to be greeted by Tommy and Sophia's horrified gasps as Rogar was now a ghoul. Yeah, boy. He was. Why are you proud of that? I mean, because I mean, ghouls are awesome. Yeah. Actually, you know, we, we all like meat. Um, no, no like meat. We, we did like you, meat. I'm, I'm sorry, you, you did not like meat bone. Everybody not loves meat bone. Eat the meat, lick the bone. Eat the meat, <laughs> lick the bone. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? I think. I think. I think. Next game we play, Rogue, uh, Uncle, you should just play Meat Bone. You should just be Meat Bone. Uh, if I if, <laughs> if, if 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 I'm allowed to, then I will. <laughs> uh, he was great. He was a lad. But yes, um, yeah, you came back as a ghoul, and you know, from from doing the thing that Rogue is most famous for, which is running away from running away from things. Yeah, we noticed that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's, it's, oh, dude. It's, it's funny when you're not playing, when you're just listening and you can take it all in and you're not in the moment with shit trying to attack you and stuff. Just how much you kind of realize what's going on. Hmm. It helps to take a step back, right? Yeah, yeah. it does, right? Yeah, yeah. Even the what DM noticed, dude. I do not <laughs> run away from things. Whoa. <laughs> do you know what? If if I could be bothered just to, to like trawl back through all our episodes um and just cut a montage of times Rogar has run away. The Rogar flees counter. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the the star spawn I had no chance, right? God, I love that creature. That 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 wasn't the only time, dude. <laughs> oh. He's listening to a different pod. No, no, he's he's listening to the pod that's going on in his head. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, Rogar's cowardice aside, <laughs> it was time to start heading towards the actual revolution because you guys had got the temples on side, you'd got the troops in the city, they'd been armed, but. There was one strange thing that uh, Sophia noticed. Hey, the Temple of Kalimvo is shut. That's odd. Mm -hmm. eh, it's probably nothing. Probably nothing. Doop -de -doop -de -doop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it appears their leader had gone missing. He was not happy with me. No, he didn't take the news of his brother's death well. And, well, things happened from there. But first things first, apparently there was going to be a very important meeting at the palace, and our good old friend Heinrich had a way to get one of you guys in. You're going to pretend to be a servant, sneak into the palace, and spy on the meeting. You know, deliver drinks, walk around with food, listen to what the nobles and Kren had to say to each other. And Tommy was chosen, because he's a sneaky boy. Well, I mean, of, of those of us remaining after Handrel's death, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have... <laughs> Mr. Clank, 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 and Mrs. Oi, you said something mean to me, so I'm going to call you a cunt and stab you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Tommy, you infiltrated as a servant, and you did a pretty good job. You managed to listen to Kren's evil plan as he was going to use some sort of 
dark magics to basically suppress people's minds, control the citizenship, release more of these illuminated abominations. He was going all out. He murdered a um, some sort of ambassador from some group known as the Divine Hand and pretty much flouted in their face that he didn't give a shit if they went to war. Basically, things are going to start kicking off quite badly at this point. So Tommy decided, let's see if I can figure out a way to get into the palace so that the revolution can actually stand a chance of winning. So you explored. And when you got to the prisons, you found our good buddy Halson, locked up and missing an arm. Hey. I mean, not A about the missing the arm thing. What is it about you and arms, dude? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> arms are fun to cut off, because... <laughs> doesn't hamper your movement, so you still go into combats, but then you remember that you can't swing. <laughs> swing and miss. Yeah. I mean, Rogar's missing a hand, Faris missing an arm. It's okay, I've moved on to eyes now. <laughs> yeah, Handrel with his eyes, dude. Rogar with the third eye. Man, you got some issues. <laughs> yeah. So... You rescued Halson, and you found another cell that had someone else in it. And when you questioned who that person was, he told you he was the guard captain. Which was a little strange, because you'd just seen the guard captain stood next to Samuel Crenn. That we had. Mm-hmm. Curious. Very, Very curious. curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you decided to rescue him, and you... Well, and the group of you escaped the palace and went back to meet up with Rogar and Sophia... Rogar at this point had decided to, hey, let's read that weird book I got, and had mutated into having a third eye and a new insanity. Because he really needed more. You really should have stopped him. Really should have stopped him somehow. You really should have stopped him. I wasn't even there to stop him. Well, <laughs> Solara should have stopped him. Jesus. Yes, yes. <laughs> they need to sort shit out first. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> to progress the plot, please. My NPCs are not there to handhold you guys through plot points. They're there to watch and laugh as you fuck things up. <laughs> that they do. Try, they do that really well. Desperately to keep us on track as well. <laughs> you know, they drop the odd cryptic hint and then the odd explicit hint. And then drag you to a place if needs be. <laughs> <laughs> like Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, Tommy met up with uh, Rogi, Ro, uh, Rogar and Sophia. And Rogar came face to face with the man who, as far as he was aware, killed his family. Guard Captain Emmerich. Yeah, it is. But this is where things started to unfold a little bit because Emmerich didn't remember killing Rogar's family and his claiming to have been in the prison the whole time. So Rogar stayed his hand on killing him until he found out just exactly what the hell had gone on. Really glad you did show some restraint that one You're time. You're welcome. Hey, he showed, yeah, actually, in fairness to Rogar, he showed quite a lot of restraint over the next, like, day. Did he? He did. He did, yeah. There were, there were a few times that we, we got him to not kill someone. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Surprisingly. Mm. You know. I had maps ready and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many unused maps have you got? Oh, lots, lots. <laughs> I have to be prepared for shit. <laughs> no, yeah, but 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 I mean, you know, we're not finished yet. Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, so with all of Tommy's information in tow and how to sneak into the palace, it was time to go meet the leaders of the revolution, all the leaders of the temples, and basically, hey, let's kick this shit off before anything gets worse. But when you went to the revolutionary meeting, things were a little bit odd. 
there was only one person there, one Orman Belsar, who you'd heard was the leader of the revolution, so it made sense for him to be there. But no one else had arrived yet. Just Hein Heinrich with you guys and Orman. And he decided that there was something he needed to tell you, so let let's go upstairs quickly and not ask any questions. Yeah. Seems legit. Yeah. So he took you to the meeting room, and when the door opened, you were face-to-face -face with two of those weird undead mechanical creatures who'd been called the Illuminated, and one Illustra. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she had an offer for you all. Simple one, really. All you had to do was pretend that you defeated the Illuminated, kicked their asses, ransacked their tower, and disabled their teleportation network that was hovering over the city. You know, pretend that you were heroes for once. Take credit for something we didn't do. Yeah. Well, you couldn't take credit for it, dude. Well, you no, because I, I was do actually <laughs> doing something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you agreed a little bit hesitantly, but you went with it. Solara wasn't overly happy with this choice, but hey, that's one uh, unused battle map. Yeah. <laughs> and Elistra disappeared happy that the deal was done and that things could go ahead seemingly in a way she was pleased with so you guys had the meeting with the rest of the revolutionary leaders and plotted to overthrow the government basically they were going to split into two major teams so the citizenry the armed forces and the temples were all going to handle the outside of the city whereas a small strike team of elite fighters were going to sneak into the palace through the passage that tommy had worked out and go cut the head off the snake, end Samuel Crenn's life, burn the banners, raise the flags, say we won, the day is ours, etc., etc. But you needed to do it before the army returned, the full Varadin army that was apparently on its way to the city. Where so were we they? had a. They were outside the city, and the um, mages destroyed the uh, gates to the city so that they couldn't get in easily. Basically, they were buying you time on the outside. Mm -hmm. This is why we do all the subquests before we. Quest. Exactly. Yeah. They all had purpose. Yep. <laughs> so the three of you, Solara, Koreth, a uh, friendly gladiator who you guys met a few times, one of the watchers, one who Tommy had gotten on quite well with, offered to help out as well, and yeah. Megas Doran. <laughs> yeah, you guys loved. Oh, I love Megas Doran. He was such a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> You pretended oh. to be him, all right? Yeah, I did, just to troll him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Magus. Oh. You know, I'm going to miss that ability so much. Uh, well, the strike team assembled. Guard, Guard Captain Emmerich, the real one, wanted to come with you guys as well, as he thought maybe he could appeal to the guards and stop at least some of the real guards from attacking you guys, as Tommy had learned that some of the guardsmen had been changed into these weird crystalline creatures and had kind of lost any sense of who they were. Emmerich thought, well, he could maybe convince the ones that still had minds to maybe not attack you guys in the palace and let you through. Turns out, not killing Emmerich was probably a good idea. Hmm, you knew, right? Yeah. So, it was time. The morning comes around, explosions go off in the city, and you lot... Make your way back to the palace, ready for this full-on assault. You chase down the fake guard Captain Emmerich, and it turns out he is a half-orc? Mm. Hmm. A familiar one at that. And as you guys go to kill him, 
a rather mysterious guard named Montel shows up and whisks the poor, confused half-orc away. Though he did promise to explain it all to you later, so... Yeah, he left a note, didn't he? He did. He did. So we'll see what happens there. You will. But not to be deterred by a little bit of strangeness, it was time to go confront Samuel Cren. And confront him you did. You went up to the throne room, seeing it covered in this swirling darkness, which you boldly stepped into, and you fought the mad tyrant himself, Samuel Cren, who has stood there with a rather similar-looking mask that Tommy wore, except he was, was a little bit cracked and corrupted. And the fight was on. And hey, you killed him. We did. I mean, look, 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 listening back to that, that episode, which mm. I have to say is a very enjoyable episode, and not least because I'm on it. Um, <laughs> but, gen- but genuinely, it is a really, really interest, really fun episode. But you can tell, for one of the very few times we actually have some plan going into a fight. Mm. And all our plans go completely to shit. And yeah, it's funny as hell. So worth a listen. And yet we still haven't been able to boat someone. <laughs> so you managed to defeat the mad tyrant and the day is saved. Congratulations. But it isn't quite over yet, is it? No. no. The blood starts doing some weird shit. Um, oh, I was thinking more that Tommy hears a sound. Yeah. Tommy does hear a sound. A little bit of sweet music for the ears. And Tommy goes to follow it. Yes. No, noble Tommy at this point. <laughs> yeah. Turns out consume madness only consumes one madness. But... <laughs> <laughs> does. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> it was. And, well, Rogar and Sophia both tried to stop you and some epically bad rolling on their part and some epically good rolling on your part. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I, I had the ball. I was going for the end zone. It was it was glorious. 90-yard <laughs> run straight through... <laughs> Straight through a linebacker. Beautiful. Yeah, you run all the way to Samuel Cren's private chambers, and in there you find a book. A very, very special book that is just singing to you, Tommy, and it wants you to pick it up and have a read. And I really do want to pick it up. Mm. And as you stand before it, you finally feel that little metal orb in your pocket start to call to you, and it's time for Tommy to make his choice. Yeah, not an easy choice because of the things that I'd be giving up. And yeah, because playing well, playing that version of Tommy had been quite a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, I had to stay true to what the character always was. And he hadn't changed that much. No gods, no kings, just man. <laughs> yep, exactly. Andrew Ryan, motherfuckers. <laughs> yep, Tommy rejects the power he was offered, smashes the orb, and the pallid mask breaks, and Tommy's soul is restored. Tommy's back to him being himself. But at what cost? But at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> However, there's still a book, and Rogar gallantly decides to take it for himself. Yeah, dude. Annoyingly, taking the bag of holding as he does. <laughs> Uh, there's no annoyingly about it. At the end of the day, you guys wanted me to put it in the bag of holding. I wanted to take the book. It seemed yeah, like a fair trade. It time. did at the time. <laughs> You're welcome. 
God. <laughs> but uh, that aside, hey, the Mad Tyrant's dead. The banners are aflame. The army is stopped in its tracks, and the day is saved. Congratulations, O oh heroes of the revolution. Don't feel like that. Well, I mean, I, I kind of did at the time. I was, I was feeling a bit, bit, bit lightheaded, I must admit. But and a very, very, you know, large part of me wanted to go and sit on that throne and see what happened. <laughs> yeah, and that was the conclusion to arc one. Yeah, it was. And it was, it was a suitably epic episode. Indeed. I'm glad you guys thought so. I mean, I don't know if you have any particular reflections on Arc 1 as a whole, but I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. I, I think we, um, we kind of found out a lot about ourselves, our characters, and also how we like to play D&D as well through that. Um, I think it was, um, it was interesting. I think we, we had some, some fun challenges, some of which we completely fucked up because of our own reasons, and some of which we completely fucked up because of the dice rolls, and just occasionally some of which we actually succeeded in as well. <laughs> yeah, I said it was a. I thought it was a good time, and finally, all kind of came together to what I think is a rather epic conclusion. Yeah, definitely. I, I think yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a full story, and it's kind of interesting to see where we go from here because, well. At that point, Rogar had completed his goal. That was it. We'd yeah, all completed yeah. our goal that we'd been set by this entity. That was job done. Mission accomplished, everyone. You know? Yeah, parade on the aircraft carrier. Everyone's happy. You know, we did it. We just liberated Varadim. Hey. Yeah, we did. Let's let's celebrate. It's it's definitely not too early to do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for those of you listening who only wanted a recap of Arc One. That's it. There you go. So stop listening now if you don't want any spoilers for anything that came next. If you don't want the next five months worth of content. Yeah. Sticks <laughs> in a bit months. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys want to recap this because obviously uh, Matt and Flo weren't part of it. Yeah, I can fuck off now, listen. right? I mean, we, we, we could fuck off, but I really want to throw in my thoughts here. So. <laughs> they're screaming so, at you at the moment aren't they <laughs> I need to get this off my chest <laughs> I mean yeah I mean you know, you know. <laughs> so, I'm cool <laughs> so out of game I, I talked to my players and I said that there was going to be some downtime between arc 1 and arc 2 you know victory in Varadin you can't go from one extreme thing to another I gave them all a month to decide what they wanted to do and I know what Sophia and Tommy have been doing. We haven't discussed it yet, but, well, you will probably find out in our next actual episode. However, Rogar had some specific things he wanted to get done. Yes. And it just so coincided with uh, being the Rogar show for a while as Matt and Flo had to leave us for a bit. I had yeah. a fucking baby, all right? You did? Oh, well, he did too, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you, you pushed the baby out. I mean, I was, I was just there making jokes. My God, you did! You were such a twat in that. <laughs> hey, I mean, I tried everything. I thought maybe laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the midwife laughed. Look at the scenes there. <laughs> <laughs> the midwife thought it was amazing. She thought, you know, I made her day. She, she, she's there pulling a twelve-hour shift. Hard work. 
delivering babies. So, I so just, what you're saying is Matt was flirting with the midwife. <laughs> oh no, pushing <laughs> out a baby. Definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. She had like she had many kids of her own. Um, <laughs> Jesus, don't don't say anymore. Yeah, cut, cut Matt's mic. Cut it. <laughs> I'm in a different room, motherfuckers. Um, no, I was not flirting with the midwife at all. You can cut my last comment. Um, <laughs> I I merely thought that I could maybe try a little injecting a little humour into the situation. Ah, hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we all have thoughts about uh, Arc 1.5. Let's call it. <laughs> yeah. Rogar decided he wanted to form a cult and kind of deepen his connection to the Whispering Man, which had been going on throughout all of Arc 1. Rogar's uh, first lot of madness kind of gave him a different perspective on life, but then his second lot let him start to see the pattern in the stars and that things were coming that he definitely wanted to be on the side of rather than being against. And I, I, I for one, welcome our (laughs) overlords. Yeah. (laughs) So Rogar went to the Crimson Tongue and kind of uh, spoke through his plan. He wanted to induct himself as a member of the uh, Whispering Man's religion and, in fact, start his own little splinter cult. And she was quite happy to oblige him. Essentially, he was choosing the faith side rather than the strategy side that it seems these ancient mages known as the Illuminated were handling. So she gave him the tools necessary to go seek out allies. She christened him as a paladin of conquest now that his vengeance was complete and sent him off to the Dreamlands. They're not real. Nothing real happens there. Nope. Nothing. (laughs) I just had a nap for a month and we're going to come back and nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed whatsoever. Yeah, so Rogar goes to the Dreamlands, meets lots of fun characters. First one, Meatbone. Hey. Lovable, lovable little ghoul in a tower who Rogar has a bit of a chat with, and Meatbone leads him down to the Dreamlands. A question, actually, an interesting one, is that, so, as I understand it, and spoiler alerts, Meatbone is not who he seems, do we... Are we ha- are you all 100% sure that Meatbone was never who he seemed? What? what, what? Was, there, like... was, there, was there ever a Meatbone that was just Meatbone? Or was he always... Something else, which we'll get to. Yeah. I always assume he was something else. I mean, that's, that's what I thought when, when, when the revelation happens, which we'll get to in a bit. But I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, just wondering, idly. Because... Hmm. Cookson isn't going to say anything. Yeah, Cookson isn't going to say anything. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, 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 just idly wondering. I mean, it makes sense for him to always be him, but it also that that first interaction could have just proved a nice little spark for maybe there is a character called Meatbone just down there in the dreamlands. <laughs> well, meat lick the bone. Eat the meat, lick the bone. Maybe. <laughs> eat the meat, lick the bone. Yep. <laughs> oh, Roga, you make good goal. <laughs> oh, I so love him so much. <laughs> so anyway, you met, you met a nice, friendly ghoul, which showed you. Do you know what? Yeah, you th- people have bad ghouls have bad reputations on the material plane, don't they? Hmm. Eating babies and stealing corpses from graveyards and stuff. Turns out, you know, they're pretty decent dudes mostly. 
Mostly. <laughs> and yeah, he led you down the tower and took you to the Dreamlands. Dropped you off right outside a weird, fleshy spaceship thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) The meat ship. The meat ship. Which, (laughs) inside, Rogar found a brain cylinder with one uh, Matthias Aikens in it, who was, you know, a little distressed about his... Whatever deal he'd entered into had ended up with him just being a brain in a jar. Wasn't wasn't so pleased about that. And thanked Rogar for killing off the Migo, the strange aliens who'd done this to him. To which Rogar went, the fuck's Amigo? <laughs> Look, it attacked me, right? It just it, it was getting rubbed out the other day. That's, that's what happens to these things. Mm. You, you, you also met a new friend as well, didn't you? Another one at that point? Or is that he slightly did. later? Oh, no, it was mid that fight. Uh, someone yeah. else wandered into the ship. A man known as Robert. A uh, bounty hunter from the material plane who'd fallen through a portal and ended up in the Dreamlands as well. Seems he'd been hot on the tail of a man called Martin, who had done some despicable things and had a massive bounty on his head that Robert wanted to collect on. Poor, poor Robert. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything Robert does from from, from this point on. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Exactly. Wittingly or no, I mean, a lot of it wasn't his fault, but it turned out to be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> a mistake number one was shaking hands with Rogar. Yeah, <gasps> it's true. Hey, look, I never did anything wrong to that man. <laughs> what? What? What did you, I you, you even admitted it earlier in this episode when we were, t- <laughs> we were explaining how badly you treated Varys. You were like, yeah, if you were talking about Robert, then yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the Robert and Rogar defeated the Migo that were there. Matthias agreed to join Rogar's cult, essentially, because Matthias is the sort of guy who likes to read weird occult stuff and just see what happens. A curious, academical sort. And he flew the spaceship for them, this weird, fleshy monstrosity that seems to be alive, and dropped them off near a village. Was it phallic-shaped? No, it was like a giant monstery thing. I think that was just how you imagined it, love. You can imagine it whatever way you want. <laughs> you, you, you heard throbbing meaty thing and you just went, dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lovely insight into your mind, that flower. <laughs> but yes, it dropped you off near a village and it turned out this village may in fact have the man that Robert was looking for. It was also inhabited by snake people, worshipping <laughs> a great old hey, one known as Yig. <laughs> sorry, Varys. Look like snake, talk like. Oh, no, sorry, not Varys. Robert. Yeah. yeah, after a rather botched infiltration attempt, <laughs> to put it lightly, <laughs> you guys made your way into, uh, well, Scorchhaven, the village controlled by Yig. So, uh, what did you guys think of Scorchhaven as we kind of move into parts of the show that you guys weren't really involved in? I mean, I, I I thought it was an, it was quite an interesting place actually. It kind of reminded me of I don't know. You guys heard of Wells? Wells. Wells. It's a, it's it's where they filmed Hot Fuzz. 
Ah, basically, it's, right. it's, it's, it's about the size of a village, but it's got a fuck-off cathedral in the middle of it. Mm. Right, okay. And that's, it's a that's, city. It's, it's, it's a city, it's, it's, but it's like the UK's smallest city because it's got like a village-sized population. <laughs> yeah. so so it's great so yeah it's that kind of feel you know everyone knows everyone and they've got you got this massive temple right next door that's going on <laughs> yeah nothing else yeah Just... yeah exactly you know the infrastructure of a village with it with a great big temple but it, it is is a real kind of thing you know with you with where you do get these sort of this temple and then the infrastructure that kind of builds up around it to support it almost yeah it felt like a felt like an interesting place and i, I like the fact that kind of you start well as it progresses, you start off on the side of the resistance, if you like, and <laughs> things change. So I think it was, yeah, it was an interesting story. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Rogar kind of abandoned the idea of helping the uh, the good snake folk and went more down the chatting to the crazed yig worshipping leader Vashon route. I mean, this 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 is this is where we we start to see. Um, let's make a deal, Rogar. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk my way out of this shit. Yeah. Yes. Who do I have to backstab? <laughs> it's nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at the whoa, end of the whoa, day. Whoa. At, at the end of the day, making a deal was the best thing to do. And everybody who I spoke you. to, and everyone who I spoke to was an abad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget this. I wanted to help these people. And they were like, who the fuck are you? You're a dick. I was like, well, I'll tell you what. How about of this um, <laughs> you know, i mean i mean gotta got, got remember that that you were you were you were dealing with the good guys for a while and then you went eh, i am kind of hungry so you just started rooting through a pile of corpses while everyone kind of stood around scratching their heads and looking at you. <laughs> and i've got this great mental image that i really want to draw someday of rogar just down on like all fours just rummaging through these pits looking for a body well kind of everyone's just stood around like Okay, why are we here again? Including the, the the good snake people that really have no idea what's going on. I just, I just love that. Hey, image. and there was that um that guy in the tavern that you met. Oh man, knock, knock, knock was awesome. Yeah, he yeah, was. you got him killed. I did well, not get well, him killed. Well, no, no, I, 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 I do feel like you can be absolved of the guilt of his death. However, <laughs> however, it, I will just point out in the words of the DM himself, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, you are absolved of the guilt of his death. However, <laughs> the moments immediately after his death. Yeah. You mean, the bit, you mean the bit where I, yeah, you mean the bit where I ate him? Yes, the bit where you fucking ate him, dude. <laughs> In the ghoul culture, that He's is not what a we ghoul. Do. He might, he he might not a be nori. a ghoul. I'm a ghoul. <laughs> he was sushi. Yeah, exactly. He was a jellyfish man. <laughs> not we not a jellyfish, man. a jelly but comma fish. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> yeah. But Scorchhaven wrapped up, I think, in an interesting way. Uh, Robert attempted to sneak... Well, Robert attempted to cover for Rogar, got suggested and sent to the uh, prison, where he came face-to-face with the man he was hunting, but on the wrong side of the bars. Rogar, on the other hand, went in to chat to the priesthood and ended up finding a bit of common ground between himself, Vishon, the leader of the uh, priests, and Martin Howard, who seemed to be in the... uh, 
seem to be working with a completely different entity of the same ilk. Got to say, one of the best accents you've done as well, uh, DM. <laughs> you know, uh, thank you. I'm fairly confident that Martin Howard owns slaves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, channeling fucking DiCaprio in... Uh... Oh, yes. Django. In Django. Django. Yeah. Love that movie. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it had the right feel, the right menace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I liked Martin. He was a fun character to play, and um, dick. yeah, and <laughs> Rogar recruited him. Yeah, yeah, did they, they? They were they were basically on the same page. I mean, there was yeah. there was there was a lot of bro love going on at that moment. You know, there was there was, there was yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, ma, 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 Rogar, I think we can strike an accord here. Yeah. <laughs> really want to uh, slap you right now. <laughs> Martin says as he slowly undoes his pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of how that one started to unfold as Rogar traded Robert for Martin essentially in his uh, little <laughs> recruitment scheme. Yeah, I Robert... mean this this is the bit that we have we we take some issue to. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on never yeah. Take some issue too. I'm sorry, but like at the end of the day, Robert was given an option and Robert chose not to take that option. I gave everybody a choice. Mm. But uh, before that, you had to make a deal with Vashon to figure out how to kill a dreamer in the dreamlands, which you were finding out was quite difficult to do. And you offered to take something back to the material plane for him. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, no one remembers that. <laughs> no, we don't. Because a lot of stuff happens after this. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, your DM remembers. Oh, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yes, a uh, strange snake bracelet that briefly came alive and disappeared into Rogar's arm. Ah, it's probably nothing. Do, There's do, no, do, no do, foreshadowing do, do. there at all. You are nope. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, Rogar did that little trade. He got himself a very powerful spell that he didn't get to use, sad times. But <laughs> he and Robert came to blows. They separated, and Robert died, but as he was a dreamer, reappeared elsewhere and essentially fled Scorchhaven while Rogar palled it up with Martin and they went their separate ways. But didn't, didn't he flee, like, basically in his pants with nothing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he had all this stuff taken from him, appeared armorless and alone with, like, not, not a penny to his name and ran off into the woods looking for a way to escape the Dreamlands. I mean, the Dreamlands aren't a dangerous place at all, so I'm sure it'll be fine, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly turned out he was not fine. As <laughs> Martin, on one hand, knew how to leave the Dreamlands. Robert, on the other hand, did not. So Martin went home and killed Robert where he lay sleeping. Which left Robert in an odd situation because he became a weird sort of half existing shade of himself and got lost as a wayward soul drawn to a peculiar colossal black pyramid. I will say it again, you are welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's not going to appear again. Then. Nah, nah. I, I just bring these things up for flavor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. A uh, tick was put over Scorchhaven, new recruit achieved, and Rogar was leaving with, Nor with his new Nori friend Knock in tow. 
when one of the fun things in the dreamlands, a nightmare came down upon them, and a creature known as a Starspawn decided, I'm a fucking kill Rogar. I wish it had. <laughs> it <Yeah>. sadly <laughs> broke Nock's brain instantly, and Rogar had to run like hell. I mean, it was it was a proper pop, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> damn. I mean, I I can I, I see you guys because because obviously you guys had recorded uh, before the episode released, so before we could hear about it, and um, there was just a you know some some cryptic chat going on, um, <laughs> especially when Flo listened to that episode before I had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, su- su- suffice to say, uh, <laughs> shock. Yep. Uh, my favorite little bit of that opening was Rogar saying, uh, "I want to move away from it because it was like three hundred feet flying in the air." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna take an attack of opportunity." What? Yeah, you're in its range. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Fun creatures. Damn. <laughs> but uh, yeah. as you were running away you were partially aided by a gigantic creature known as a dole. It's like miles long worm creature that was burrowing through the ground. Rogar tried to hide, run back down the tunnel and eventually got cornered by the Starsborn as he was covered in rubble and had to make a deal and gave up one of these little vials he had, which was how people were going to find him in the material plane. He'd been given a limited number by the Crimson Tongue and unfortunately the Starsborn wanted one. Right. Who knows why? Great. <laughs> so many you, things. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Both the things you willingly do and the things you don't willingly do all <laughs> fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, I'm pretty confident that this thing's going to be on my side at the end of the day. So, Probably. you know. It helps me. Go fucking us. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe you can be on my side for a change. There's, there is no guarantees that it won't show up, and then I can ride it to victory. Jesus. Just saying. I'm God, sure I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all right. I mean, it's not like that was the weaker version of them or anything. Oh wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm well. just going to rage quit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with the doll disappearing, Rogar was left trapped under rubble in a giant tunnel when, wouldn't you know it, an old friend came back to help Rogar out. One meatbone. Yay! <laughs> he uh, dug Rogar out of the rubble and they went off to uh, find one of Meatbone's friends. Um a fellow ghoul called Jesrik, who had apparently been part of the armed forces that, of the ghoul empire, who were going to look for a new kind of foothold on the above-ground world called Sarnath. Again, it seems like a fairly straightforward, simple quest, doesn't it? Yeah. No, Super go, simple. Go, 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 go find a dude in a city. Yeah, easy. Yeah. He's traveling with an army. I mean, how hard can it be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Must be easy to spot, right? <laughs> so, Rogar, with Meatbone in tow, went towards Sarnath. But on the way, he came by a massive lake that was in front of the city. And 
Ooh, uh, a weird little half-elf had washed up on the shore. Enter one Varys, our eldritch knight friend played by Paul, replacing his now dead bounty hunter. <laughs> I, I, I love the description of weird little half-elf. <laughs> <laughs> I think you introduced him better in the pod. <laughs> the main well, whatever. <laughs> Look, it's long. This is long recap. <laughs> As I say to be fair, yeah. I think the first thing I did was was uh, paralyze him anyway. And then yeah. kind of poke him with a stick to see if he... Kneebone <laughs> gave you a rock to crush his skull. <laughs> yeah, you were going to crush his skull. <laughs> and then he woke up and you were just like, oh, or this thing? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It started off so well. Yeah. Who knew what was going to come? <laughs> I have to say, before we get into this, I really enjoyed writing Sarnath. <laughs> You can't tell at all. No, yeah. no, I, I could. That, that was that was kind of, I don't know, Cookson's love letter to some of the games he's played, some of the books he's read, and <laughs> you know, just some of the thoughts he has. I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Varys was um, a little bit confused and out of sorts because he didn't know how he'd ended up in the Dreamlands, but he had flashes of memory, some sort of experiment gone wrong. His men had disappeared, and he didn't know where they were, and he didn't know where the person who'd cast the spell was. But he didn't have much to do here, so he thought, well, fuck it, I'll help these uh, two strange people, and maybe he'll find some clues to his own whereabouts on the way. And so you went to Sarnath. Insert screams here. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it was never, never, never a brilliant plan, but, you know. I mean, it started off great. Did, Did it? it? Did it? Yeah. yeah, when you attacked on the way in. Setting the yeah. tone, rather. Oh yeah. yeah, that thing was scary. And then, and then you got yeah, and then you got inside, and um, didn't you run away from that as well? You startled the witch. No, I did not. I did not run away from that. You just, you just you just elected not to assist. <laughs> <laughs> I refused myself from this combat. <laughs> I let Varys go check it out because he had to prove himself to me because I was a true hero. Oh which God. which he believed because uh, I had Samuel Crenn's sword. I mean, I mean, you yes. Told him yes. some bullshit about how you single-handedly <laughs> killed him. Hey, I walked in and one-shotted him like a true hero. See, see I, I I listened back you to that episode. You were eaten by him. <laughs> I listened back to that episode, and actually, when Samuel Crenn is, Crenn is in man form, you do zero damage to him because <laughs> <laughs> he disarmed you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've listened to that episode recently myself. <laughs> but, but yes, yes, he believed you were a true hero. He did believe you were a true hero. Yeah, because, again, Varys did an insight check this shit. And showing him what true heroes do, you waited there for him to die. <laughs> yeah. I, I will just point out how he did, and he did insight check me, he just failed. He oh, did fail. Doing some classic pool rolling. He, <laughs> he tried to do the right thing, but failed. Oh. And in uh, classic rolling of Paul's style, he startled the witch, as you say, and the many-armed, piercy-stabby thing, Mr. Huggy Stabby, as he became known, fucking murdered Varys right then and there. <laughs> it, it was a good start. It boded well. Yeah. Luckily for Varys, it turns out he was also a dreamer like Rogar, so he reappeared having lost some memories. You don't need those anyway, right? Nah. What's the point? Ah. Much happier without. And so, 
the pair of you, plus Meatbone, continue through Sarnaf, learning bits and pieces about what had gone on, about how there'd been some terrible event in the past that had killed everyone, that they were celebrating some massive victory over some horrible creatures. You saw lots of ghosts and bones and dead things coming back to life. There was a strange creature who was wandering around at night with a cart. wonder what that was. Mm. Collecting <laughs> bodies for no good reason. <laughs> it's alright, because you, you guys have met the worst thing that Sarnath had to throw at you. Stabby, mm-hmm. stabby, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't going to get worse from there. You uh, came head to head with the uh, previous high priest of Sarnath, who is now a wraith who went to uh, murder your face. And not long after that, you figured out exactly what had happened to the people because the creatures who killed everyone there decided to do a repeat performance. The ghosts of Ib came back to Sarnath and Rogar ran away. And <laughs> <laughs> Varys got fucked up again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> we learned two things from this event. One, it's hard to run away when leaving the city kills you. Yep. Yep. And two... Being frightened by ghostly creatures can suck the life out of you and leave you an old man. Yeah. <laughs> an old man for a, a half-elf is... He was old. middle-aged. Yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was okay. If, if he'd been like something with a short lifespan... Yeah. <laughs> that'd have been Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Eight-year-old Tommy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> old uh, Tom. Yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah, you started to see these events play out, and you eventually figured out that this wasn't going to end, and the Curse of Sarnath wasn't going to be broken until you restored what these ghosts were looking for, which was an idol of Bokrug. However, you had no fucking clue where that idol was, so it was a bit of a scavenger hunt. You eventually came across a noble's house that had some clues in there about where you may find the idol, specifically within a vault within Sarnath's main palace, and you also found a surviving member of the ghoul army after finding lots and lots of not surviving members of the ghoul army. You found Erok. Batman. Yay. Batman. Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> so yes. Do the voice. Do it. <clears throat> I'm Erok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what my ha- What my helmet? <laughs> Roger, I'm gonna need to keep this helmet. <laughs> hey, Rock, how many hit points do you have? A lot. <laughs> I got time. I also can't shoot for shit, but <laughs> I'll give you some tips in exchange for that. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, you uh, you picked up Rock and the new. Four-man group of Rogar, Varys, Meatbone, and Erok decided to go pay a visit to the palace, and that's where shit really started hitting the fan. How did you guys find the palace? Immense. Fun, fun, yeah, great fun to listen into. Yeah, <laughs> listen into and not experience personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, Rogar's going to start climbing the walls. <laughs> Rogar's mooching about on the roof. Yeah. Everyone's waiting. What's going on with Rogar? Uh, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hours pass. <laughs> I'm you he's still okay? Uh, nah. He's probably all right. <laughs> R- 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 Rogar did a bit of a Tommy and disguised himself. And 
um, went around inside the palace looking for stuff with um, meat over his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) For for quite a long time, actually. Yeah, you kind of (laughs) forgot you were carrying him, didn't you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all these all these um, constructs were going about their jobs, and it's a good job that like they didn't have minds of their own because this guy just keeps wandering around, carrying a corpse uh, over his shoulder, just up and down, around and about. Yeah. It's not a, it's not useful when most of your workforce has an intelligence of one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, not not through again much fault of their own. Um, bit of a comedy of errors happened around this sort of time. Yes, Rogar tried to investigate the palace. He found the creature they'd seen one night previously at the heart of the palace in a ramshackle lab that he had constructed. And Rogar decided, I'm gonna not deal with that right now, and moved on. <laughs> Probably yeah. smart. <laughs> Probably smart, yes. The one time I... he doesn't go one v on me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would um, have gone t- terribly wrong. <laughs> so would have. Um, but yeah, you investigated. You found the vault. Figured out you couldn't get into it. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Sad times. And eventually, after hours passed, you ended up on the other side of the palace, trying to figure out what's the best way to get everyone inside. Barris, however got itchy trigger fingers, and decided to stealth his own way in. Yeah, not, not, not his smartest idea. Not, not, not a terrible idea. I mean, from his, from his perspective at the time, Rogar's been gone a long time now. Mm-hmm. Something, something bad might have happened to Rogar. Rogar might have trust, decided to be, as Varys would think, a hero, mm-hmm. and maybe try and take on something that was a bit too much that he could handle, and maybe you need saving. So, you know, Varys thinking, it's been, it's been too long. Maybe I yep. should get out of here and it was becoming a precarious position as well so yeah i mean in hindsight (laughs) in hindsight (laughs) there have there have been few worse decisions made but (laughs) the time reasonable yeah yeah i do not fault the logic that was in that was used uh, at least to reach the point that happened the resulting consequences were severe As this kicked off a bit of a fight with a bunch of reanimated ghouls, as Rogar had learned that a lot of the ghoul army that had come to Sarnath had been murdered by the ghosts of Ib, and then repurposed by this creature at the center of the palace. And they were quite tough. Rogar took a bit of a beating, but survived. Varys, on the other hand, did not do quite so well. Erok did okay, because Erok is a tough motherfucker, but Varys got a little bit unlucky in his rolling and died. But he was a dreamer. Again. Yeah, he died again. But he disappeared, because he was a dreamer and reappeared inside the palace. However, at this point, an alarm was going off, thanks to Rogar. <laughs> <sighs> and Varys chose to hide in the room, which, again, not a bad choice, but something came past, and... This thing was very perceptive. And Varys came face to face with the man who'd sent him to the dreamlands in the first place. Good old Dr. Nick. And dear God, Cookson, you had so many opportunities to say hi, everybody, (laughs) in Dr. Nick's voice. So many. (laughs) (laughs) But you you resisted. And I'm not sure if that's a strength of will or what. (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh. 
I like Dr. Nick, though. Um, I can't say I liked him. <laughs> I like when someone hands me a backstory and I look at it and go, I can do horrible things with this. <laughs> Again, another time Paul unwittingly gave you ammunition. <sighs> See, the thing is, it's no better if you don't give me ammunition because where Rogar's backstory doesn't have an uncle mentioned on it. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it doesn't anymore either. Yeah, it doesn't now. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, Varys came into contact with the reborn version of Dr. Nick, who'd taken on rather horrifying aspects of the Dreamlands and become a monstrous aberration, absorbing the souls of Varys's mercenary company to keep himself alive. And, well, he decided it was time for Varys to lie down on the surgery table, and mm, it just got worse from there. Rogar, on the other hand, thought Varys was fine, because he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Rogar fucking wanders around the palace for another two hours, before yeah. eventually figuring out that maybe I should check on Varys. As he peers out a window and sees Erok fighting off multiple ghouls and looking heavily wounded with no Varys in sight. He regroups and they go back into the palace to fight Dr. Nick. And it goes very, very badly. It's one of those times that Rogar walking in and going, well, let's make a deal. Doesn't go too well. <laughs> I thought it was Does a shot. I mean, I mean uh, with the options available, yeah, probably. Hmm. Well, as Rogar approached, it seemed Dr. Nick was experimenting with something in a vial that caused a weird rift to appear. And yes, Rogar attempted to make a deal that Dr. Nick wasn't really interested in anymore. And they fought, and Rogar got fucking murdered. So he disappeared and reappeared elsewhere. <laughs> just as he was running away. Just, just, just as he was running away. <laughs> 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 You guys wouldn't have done any better. <laughs> I'm not saying we would. I'm just saying we have the beautiful position to be in of being complete listeners for this entire thing. So no one can take any scrutiny to our actions. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Rogar, a little bit humbled, disappears and reappears in another room of the palace, the ossuary, and comes face to face with a new friend, one Corin Vess. Uh, he was a dude as well. Yeah, a ghostly elven scholar and tourist who was in Sarnath on the wrong day at the wrong time. Yeah, sucks to be him. Yeah. So the curse that was on the palace, and well, on the whole area, really, didn't really know what to do with Corin because he wasn't a native, but he died there on that day. So he just kept his mind, but was now a ghost that was trapped within the palace. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had a bad day? <laughs> you ever had the same bad day for a thousand years <laughs> I mean it's yeah it's like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day but like worse it's <laughs> so much worse uh, but Corin helped Rogar regroup and Rogar, Corin, Meatbone and Erok all went to the top of the palace to try interfere with whatever Dr. Nick was planning because they had spied some mechanical apparatus up there as they were making their way up, 
the whole palace started to crackle with magical energy, and a gigantic rift opened. And through that rift, Rogar saw a city. And before Dr. Nick could unleash his mechanical undead horde on whatever city that was, you smashed his machine. Dropped it on his head. Yeah, you did. Can, yeah, can I just say thank you for that? Because I've been trying to kill a boss with a boat for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're no closer to that goal, but I'm, I really appreciate you dropping a large machine on another boss's head because that, that, that's very satisfying. You're very <laughs> lucky that it took that much health away from him. God, you are. <laughs> he, had, he had a lot of health. <laughs> yeah, he was tough to kill without that health. I mean, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you want to know something that's even better? Yeah. The, the dropping the machine, if you listen back to the episode, is suggested to me by Meatbone. Oh. It was. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of things worth listening back to, I think, for that. Yeah. I feel like we're a very re-listenable podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? <laughs> uh, but yeah. You drop the machine on his head. He takes a significant chunk of damage, and it is enough to allow you to defeat him. So it's time to find out just what the hell had happened to Varus. Poor Varus. Poor, poor, poor Varus. Seems Varus had been hooked up to that very machine, his blood being used to power a link to the material plane. However, Dr. Nick decided to extract a little bit of his sadism onto Varus by cutting off his arm and removing both of his eyes. Fortunately, Dr. Rogar was there <laughs> to carefully attempt Smush it. to reattach <laughs> the ocular nerve. Yeah. <laughs> just smushed it. Not Paris really. Is like, why, is there, why is my face wet? <laughs> <laughs> Must admit, still not really certain what you thought was going to happen there. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I was kind of thought like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I can like put, just like put them in, like you know, like a glass eye kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I just thought, I just thought I'll, I'll slip them back in the holes, and then like they'll fit, and they'll figure themselves out. You know, things regrow. R- R- Rogar knows as much as much about doctoring as Bunkle does. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> Look, as far as Rogar knows, you cut off your own hand and it grows back into a ghoul hand. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> if I, maybe I stuck his eyes back in against ghoul eyes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you get reunited with Varus. Unfortunately, his wounds are permanent. And you start to read through some of Dr. Nick's notes and you piece together that maybe the way to get into the vault is actually back in the city at the bottom of a massive pit that you'd seen previously. So, Rogar and Meatbone run all the way back to the center of the city just before the ghosts of Ib arrive. You leap down into the pit, and you find the key. Mm. Wait a minute, doesn't he find the key? Meatbone. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Turns out, just in a pit outside. Mm. <laughs> it After made all sense that, that's where the king would have jumped. So yeah, no, yeah, mm. it did. But yeah. After all that, just in a pit outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, feel like I hinted at that a lot and <laughs> many of my yeah. hints went uh, flying over everyone's head. I mean yeah, I mean yeah, even the listeners, come on. 
I mean, hindsight again, dude. Hindsight. Yeah. I would yep. say when when, uh, when you get to the end of Sarnaf and your DM goes, "What that take about two episodes?" and we've been here six episodes, <laughs> <laughs> you go, "Ah, oh, shit, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Things that are obvious to Cookson are not obvious to everybody else. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? As I mean, I've only like DM'd a little bit, but the way you plan things and the way your players play them out, <laughs> very different things. They <laughs> are. They are. I mean, they're, they're obviously going to notice this this simple foreshadowing here. And they, they're clearly going to follow the marked path in front. What? They're, they're what? <laughs> <laughs> I still like from that whole um, bit. Locate object. The idol is not in. You can't sense the idol inside the vault. Fuck's sake! It's not here. <laughs> One episode earlier, it is literally in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be covered with runes that aren't offensive but defensive. Some sort of protection. Uh, we we were we were um we were decorating our little boy's room at this time, and we were listening in. <laughs> I've just got some fond memories of me and Flo just like, what the fuck? They just said that last episode. <laughs> we were listening to them back to back. Of to course. Be fair. I, mean, I mean, again, it's one of those hindsight things and when you're playing it, it's completely different to when you're listening. Mm. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. Lots of fun. But anyway, you find the key, you take it back to the vault. The idol of Bookrog is in there along with lots of other loot that was left over in Sarnath. However, the ghosts of Ib are also arriving and they are fucking pissed because that vault's open and now they know where that idol is. So, it's up to Varys and Rogar to offer it back to them. And you do! I mean, much of a choice, really. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe if, what happens if you smash it? Yeah, Bokrog rocks up and you go, nah, keeping it. <laughs> mm. Ooh, what would have happened if he smashed it? Yeah, I don't know. You'll never know. Oh no, you could just tell us. I could. I could tell you anything. <laughs> He's not Who did summon it? those devils? Do you know what? I mean, at the end of like <laughs> when when it when it doesn't matter anymore, if we if these some of these threads are still hanging, it'd be nice to know, you know. Sure. Obviously at this point it may still matter. But yeah, I think I just mm. or, 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 or things that never came to be because we did something really stupid. You know, all those <laughs> kind of things. There, there's definitely some of those. Like, not even just because you did something stupid, but just because you go a different way than I expect. Like, many things have changed. And well, one day, yeah, when when this campaign wraps up, I think it's definitely worth yeah, a, I think, a revisit of thought plans. <laughs> yeah, it might be worth worth an episode or part of an episode where you just kind of go through and, and say some some of the plans you had and some of the some of the ways we took things that you were not expecting. Hmm. But like the time, the times we make you make up character names on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I do Where is that? <laughs> like Steve. Steve was a name made up on the spot. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they offer the idol back to Bookrug, and Bookrug is pleased. He removes the curse on Sarnath, destroys Sarnath, and Varys and Rogar are feeling much better, though Varys is still blind and missing an arm. Hmm. Not going to do everything for you. Yeah, man, I feel for I feel for Varys. I feel for Paul. Yeah, <laughs> poor Paul. Uh, suffering builds character. <laughs> Is that what you keep telling us? Because he's <laughs> not doing so well so far. All right, mate. <laughs> Let's just say you better internalize it for Og too. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, Sarnath is completed. And yeah, I personally really enjoyed Sarnath. I had a lot of fun running it, writing it, and seeing how things would unfold. Uh, Hope was the same for all our listeners who tuned in too. Definitely, yeah, yeah. But we wrap up and Rogar recruits Erok, who is now going to try to join him as part of his cult in the Material Plane. And that leaves one vial of blood left and Rogar wants to find a priest. I do. Somebody I think, I think, in the know. I think from, from his perspective, actually, it was a bit of a sausage fest. He wanted to find a woman and then he decided it was a priest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, Rogar put his mind to finding a priest. Priest who was already on side and wouldn't really take so much convincing as just being there, really. So he went to the Black Pyramid. And that's the last part of the Dreamlands arc. But before we jumped into that, we had a little bit of a flashback to see what happened to Robert, our poor floating ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Rob- Robert's had a really pretty, pretty poor run of bad luck. Ever since he stepped into the dreamland, and it yeah, hasn't ever really. Ever since he made friends with Rogar. We actually, to, to be fair, just before he makes friends with Rogar, he helps Rogar out fight, and he's going pretty well from it at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he takes a few swings. He does pretty well. He doesn't get too dim, too damaged. Yeah, soon as soon as soon as they touch hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and so so you know, you think at this point maybe maybe he's got some kind of. Nice little bittersweet ending lined up for poor Robert. Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no happy endings. <laughs> no, it seems Robert has made his way into the Black Pyramid and is confronted by a familiar face. The ghostly remnant of one Samuel Crenn who pretty much drains Robert's spirit to empower himself and return to some semblance of life. Did he know Samuel Cran? Well, know about him? Uh, he lived in Varadin. He knew Oh, him. okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the guy on all the coins. Whoop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? Hey, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, that leads us into the Black Pyramid arc. Which I also hope went down well, because I did something a bit different with this one when I was thinking it up. So I, I think it was a fun time. But uh, yeah, what did you guys think of it? Yeah, yeah it was good. I, I, I enjoyed the, 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 the trials of Rogar. Fucking us over. <laughs> the, the labors of Rogar the Brave. <laughs> Rogar the Brave as in, yeah, I'll just murder my uncle. R- 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 Rogar, Rogar the... Um... <laughs> what 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 kind of word best describes Rogar? Brave's not up there. <laughs> um, murderous kind of is. Rogar the mad. Rogar the the insane. Rogar the tool. Yeah, I don't know. hero. No Ro- follower. <laughs> For, tool as in follower. Rogar the Rogar the, the anti-hero. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's something for you guys to suggest to us on Twitter or in some comments somewhere. <laughs> what do you think? We should, we should christen Rogar. Rogar the something, but... Herculean. I can't put, I can't put my the finger corn. on exactly the word, but it's, it's yeah, it's definitely not 
don't take his suggestion. Don't take ours. Please don't take his suggestion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you guys think? What, what do you think of Rogar? What do you think best sums him up? The great Rogar 316. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely not Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> the great one. The most electrifying ghoul born. In this land and the next. I mean, you're 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 definitely closer to like the Miz than than Stone Cold. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rogar, the self-important. <laughs> Rogar, the misinformed. <laughs> oh. Stargazer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you guys, you guys decide. Mm. But yeah, let's let's get into this final little bit of an arc. So you guys travel to the Black Pyramid. It's a not an easy walk. You are confronted by strange things. You're confronted by Sophia, funnily enough. I kick oh, ass. She does kick ass. I was really worried when she turned up. I was like, <laughs> when when Flo listens to this, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to it in the bath and going on yeah i mean i mean that was that was the thing it was okay when she started beating the shit out of you (laughs) i was a little bit worried when she turned up i was like oh dear (laughs) i thought you'd enjoy it i we did i did you have to trust your dm Uh, (laughs) (laughs) inside check learning Yes, you you faced off against some sort of version of Sophia that may have been manifested out of your own fears and concerns. You got um, toyed about with by some night gaunts who decided to be dicks. (laughs) I mean, Barris, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. Well, you know, it's, it's it, night gods are assholes. <laughs> we they are. Know this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we if we recorded this like all in the same place or something, I'd think that at some point Paul had just like taken a sip of your beer or something by mistake, <laughs> and you looked at him with like death in your eyes and just been like, and then you internalized. I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not even you, it's the dice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but those things aside, you make it to the Black Pyramid and you are confronted by the resident priesthood. A friendly bunch of people who welcome you. Yeah, nice salubrious characters. (laughs) (laughs) And they ask, are you ready to undertake the trials of the crawling chaos? You're all gung-ho. <laughs> yep. I mean Rogar loves this. This 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 is this is he was born ready, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed you were, because you have already chosen the priest you want to guide you through this, a uh, new character called Lysandra, and she leads you into the Black Pyramid. Varus almost goes mad listening to a crack in the wall. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Varus! But uh, we eventually make our way through to a central chamber that has five trials available, all embodying aspects of the Whispering Man. 
the first one that Rogar goes for, the aspect of great works, where he is placed back in time and back into a different body, where he sits next to our old friend Amaram from right at the start of this whole campaign, and he's there to recruit one Steve Blackwood. Yeah. You were tempted to, like, knife him, though, weren't you? It was incredibly hard not to pick the dagger up and stab him in the neck. <laughs> it, it, it was it was on the tip of my tongue. I was like, no, because I will fail. And I'm, I'm, I, I yeah, fail. I'm guessing you would have failed that. But what, what really interests me about these tasks, they seem like dreams. <laughs> 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 so what would have happened if you'd actually done that? I wonder. I guess. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if any of them already had consequences. I mean, dreams aren't real, right? <laughs> yeah. Dreams and dreams aren't real. There's, there's kind of a theme going on. Messing with your realities what... a little bit. <laughs> I, say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> of course you do, Rogar. Of course you do. <laughs> But yes, that was the first trial done, and you did not stab Steve in the throat. You successfully recruited him. So, yay! One tick in the box for Rogar. Second trial comes up, and that's uh, a simple one. You just have to kill the last remnant of your own family. Poor old Uncle Caleb. Yeah, that didn't take long. It really <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think when, um, when Cooks was writing that, this is going to be an interesting challenge for Rogar. And Uncle's like, eh, so I stab him. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those moments that if this wasn't a D&D campaign, it was me writing a book. I may have written it a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, Rogar was, was far too down the path at that point. Mm. But, but hey, that well, sorry, I'll continue though. No, no, I was just going to say that's, you know, to be confronted by somebody he didn't know had survived. I, just, oh well. <laughs> as, as I explained at the time, Rogar feels no familial ties to these people anymore. They are nothing I but mean, a remnant of somebody who no longer exists. I, I, I guess, and I, and that, that is, that is true, definitely. But I just, I think it was, I think it's, it's a lot easier to do that when they're dead. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the trial of murder went very quickly. Let's say that. So, tick in the box. <laughs> Time for trial number three, the trial of darkness. Rogar must complete a ritual to doom somewhere. Who knows where? And hey, that actually goes down to the wire. You almost fail it, but in the end, you do succeed. The ritual is complete, and that world is doomed as a giant demonic arm breaks through the sky. And success for Rogar. That was that was tense listening about that one. Hmm. Yeah, that was very close. <laughs> very close, yeah. <laughs> so it's on to trial number four. The trial of treachery. Well, Manfro's favourite. He didn't have to do trial number four. He didn't, because he only needed to pass three. He wanted to uh, He's a do a perfect run. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not about being cocky. At the end of the day, I have to be the best. And that's what that was driving Rogue. I had to be the best. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a five out of five. I could walk around and be like, I got my fave five. I'm a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time whispering man champion. <laughs> yeah, but you're not though, are you? Because you no. failed this one. And you know what? I'm kind of glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, the trial of treachery. Rogar flung into some sort of future scenario where Rogar, Tommy, and Sophia are hunting down the Crimson Tongue as she is looking to end their reality. Open the gate of stars and let all madness flow through. And during the fight, Rogar heroically paralyzes Tommy. <laughs> Thanks, bruh. You're welcome. You know what? I, I, I think I need to do a bit of thinking about what can I do to stop hold person? Yeah. <laughs> There is no guarantee that this is what's going to happen later on. This is how I thought it would pass. It's just one yeah, because dreams aren't real. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but that gives the Crimson Tongue just enough chance to kill Tommy outright. Sophia valiantly runs to try save him, maybe even bring him back to life, but then stab in the back from a giant scythe. Yeah. I wasn't best pleased. I mean, he, he didn't hold person you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to beat the Crimson Tongue, and quite handily, I might add. Hmm. Apparently in this reality, yeah. yeah. But with that said and done, the Crimson Tongue returned to her ritual, the Gator Star is opened, and Rogar valiantly healed her up. Good job. Team success. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what you thought. It turns out there was a little twist to this one. Turns out, the Crimson Tongue showed weakness. She was too pitiful to lead the cult, to welcome in the Whispering Man and all the horrors from beyond the stars, and Rogar was supposed to kill her and take his rightful place, but he didn't. Chickened out. Failed. Absolute wuss. Just <laughs> makes, makes, makes you realize just how much patience the Whispering Man's had for Rogar so far. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, he really you? likes you. How many times died? <laughs> I'll just point out, death is nothing more than a continuation of the, well, life, Bullshit. not life, that we're on. That is his teaching, my motherfucker. That is his <laughs> teaching. Yeah. yeah. In fairness, you could have killed her and she might have come back with a lesson learned. Hmm. Who knows? But either way, you failed that trial. First trial failed. Ooh. So, it was on to the fifth trial, uh, the trial of battle, where you came face to face with your old god, and he offered you a hell of a lot to return to the flock. And yet only one thing mattered. <laughs> yeah. I know. Could have had it all back, and could have had your old friend handle too. Yep. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe. You don't maybe. know. Maybe. I mean, I mean, you know, being, being, on, being on a quest for one dude, and like the other dude shows up, is like, I don't know, it's like your ex-wife showing up at your wedding kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're not going to leave with her, are you? <laughs> right. Well, uh, well, you rejected Bane's offer, and that was what needed to happen, because that was a success. However, Rogar was not pleased. Four out of five. One failure. He begged and pleaded and prayed for one last chance. But Lysandra warned him there would be a price to pay. Didn't say who was going to pay it, though. Poor Varys. <laughs> oh, Things were going so well. A new door opened, and it was once again the trial of treachery. Rogar stepped through, and Varys got to watch through Rogar's eyes as he was forced to brutally murder the entire mercenary company that had Varys had once treated as family. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, got, got to be a new low for Varys there. Yeah, I say just because it wasn't because it wasn't mentioned on on part at the time, but you know, in that in that challenge where Cookson says, "Oh, the Bard Rico comes over to chat with you." Rico is the name of Paul's son. Ooh. So it was like, here. <laughs> it was Ooh. just like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Too harsh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just add that layer in there. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Too mean. Too mean. Did you know that at the time, Cookson? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going for laughs. Laughs. I'm going for gasps. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, not not the easiest thing I've had to do. <laughs> so that's why it was all a little bit awkward. <laughs> I was the city, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, just a bard. Rogo's going to kill him. What's up?" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But you did it! You murdered them all. Good boy, Rogar. Well done. Yeah, Gold star for you. <laughs> and um, and it seems like Barris, yeah, uh, after after a moment or so, kind of forgave him because altogether now dreams aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, five out of six trials completed. Rogar decides it's time to move on. And he goes upstairs to face his final trial as he walks into, as I called it at the time, Dark Varadin Palace, where Paul makes Varys listen in to some wordless noises that drive him insane. Team crazy. Yeah. He really needs to stop listening to stuff. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, we'll stop listening to Rogar. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. He had no reason not to trust me. Do you know what? I think I think it'd be really nice to invite Paul back sometime to be an ally of the rest of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe maybe with a character that doesn't end up <laughs> with some kind of really horrible, I don't know, things happening to him. <laughs> Just feel maybe. like maybe he's earned that. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But with newly crazed Varus. In tow, Rogar, Meatbone, and Varys go through Dark Ballad in Paris and confront the remnant of Samuel Crenn, a strange, spiritual, ghostly, barely clinging on to life version of Crenn, who has got his sanity back. He knows exactly what Rogar's been up to and is not best pleased. And you know, there's there's a there's there's a kind of um a meme for this one. You know, when you're listening to the villain's speech and he's low-key making a lot of sense? Mm. Yeah. This is that moment you're like, hmm, actually, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget, Samuel Crenn was once a good man. He was a good man. He was. Yeah. He was a great man. He was. And he wanted to try to do one last thing before he was consigned to oblivion. And that was kill Rogar. And if you notice in that fight, doesn't attack Varys once. Tries to get rid of him a few times, but never yeah. tries to kill him. Yeah, he does. In fact, the only time Varys takes damage is when he's like, no! Stop picking me up! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, he's had bad experiences of being picked up. 
<laughs> so I'll give him that. True. But uh, yeah, in a rather epic fight to finish things off, they defeat Samuel Crenn and, well, cast him into oblivion. Or Crenn. Mm. Which I hope is a fun fight to listen to. We're going to see him. Well, maybe. Probably. Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a good fight, actually. Um, it was it was a really really interesting fight as well, hmm. um, and and it just it just another time where it highlights just the amount of team damage that Rogar can do now in a yeah, couple of hits. Boy. He can, that, though. You also notice his glaring weakness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really do range stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 ironic that you you were there stuck in a situation where ranged characters would have been super useful, and your two friends. Who are ranged characters? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Why do I? Why do I need a crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> you just lob the actual crossbow. I should have picked up meat. You should have picked up meat. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure meat would have appreciated that <laughs> later on. <laughs> Should have done get help again. It worked out so well first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we can all we can trace that entire action to the result of uh, Varus's blindness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> throw it, throw it quick! I'm going to throw my crossbow to meet. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did that actually land? Because this wasn't 100 percent clear on pod. Like on 20 bar. foot past Meatbone. Like he <laughs> <over> his head. <laughs> Sailed off above his head. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I knew it was in a direction nowhere near me. I wasn't sure exactly where. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, they won. Congratulations! So it was time to get the final rewards. And here's the conclusion. What do you guys think of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rogar's got some kind of um, nano particle Iron Man suit, so that's cool. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was going over the the, the smaller things to discuss first. No, <laughs> the things that got Meat glossed bone. over. Who's Meatbone again? Oh dear. I don't know. He didn't whisper all that much, did he? Uh, 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 uh. I mean, that was that was that was one of those great twists that makes sense, but you couldn't conceivably imagine it beforehand. Mm. That takes a sick and twisted mind. <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. It was. It was. It was a good twist. Yeah, that was. That was kind of. That was kind of wor- sort of movie worthy plot twist. The kind that you go ah, and then you want to go and watch back, or <laughs> yeah. in this case, listen back, mm. which you can do easily can. <laughs> on on whichever podcasting app you like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, hell, let's. I'm not going to go into too many details with this one. So, yes, this episode ends. Rogar gets his reward of a set of armor, and Varys succumbs to some honeyed words, and his sight getting restored. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I mean he he was a fairly gullible character, to be fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but he's off to go meet our old friend Azrahim. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, gay. And that was the end of the Dreamlands as Rogar returns to the material plane, and that sends us straight into Arc Two. Mm-hmm. 
it does. Where you might find out what Tommy and Sophia have been up to while Rogar's been gallivanting around <laughs> in his mind. <laughs> Indeed, you will. So, yeah, I, I hope for new listeners this episode is useful. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to it like all the way through or just listen to bits and get a taste for what sort of podcast we run. But anyway, I hope anyone who listens to it really enjoys it. Uh, it was fun to chat through and I think will serve as a good reference point for future. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's good to, good to kind of have everything kind of tied up in a nice bow before mm. we move on. Indeed. And yeah, well, next week we will return with Arc 2. And shit's going to get real. Arc 2 Electric Boogaloo. Mm. <laughs> Is it going to get arc. real as in the fact that it's not in the fucking dreamlands anymore? I mean, yeah, there's there's a, there's a, there's a pun there, definitely. Yep. Oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> uh, I need to decide on new body posture and remove. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just Pulse. cut my hair. It's fine. My hair's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Varys loses an arm and, an, and his eyes. And Sophia. Sophia. I get and pr- pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys for uh, returning for this special episode. Uh, I hope it was fun to chat through. And say, it's nice to kind of get us all on the same page for uh, going into Arc 2. And for everyone listening, hope it is useful for continuous and future listeners and well if you want to catch us on anything you can find us on all podcast providers you can chat to us on twitter we are all there with our character names and gtmp at the end of it and i'm on there at at treason no that is the main podcast account we also have a wordpress website full of goodies and fun and pictures and things like that so go check it out and we have a facebook group called compiler treason no plot that we never use but it exists Hmm. so you know like facebook it exists. It does. <laughs> and yeah, I will turn it over to my uh, cast and crew here to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on Lost Art Podcasting and Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day you'll find me in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate. In Preston, Lancashire, the UK, not Europe anymore. Yeah, and as usual, if you want to hear more, I'm afraid you can't because I will be barricaded inside my house, like probably most of the rest of the world right about now. Um, so if you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands, why not go back through our back catalogue a couple of times? You know, spot all those little hints that were leading on to something much bigger later on. And tell us about I- them. Yeah, and tell us about the reminders, please. Please, Art 2's coming and we're not prepared. Um, but yeah, as normally I have something cool and original to share with you. I don't know how many of you actually listen at this point. If you do, you're the real heroes here, not Rogar. <laughs> uh, for today's story time, kids, I'm going to be reading to you from the big book of things that can kill you by I Am Dead Now. Today's letter is the letter A as in air elemental, which is a funneling cloud with whirling air with a vague semblance of a face. It can turn itself into a screaming cyclone, creating a whirlwind that batters creatures, even as it flings them away. Pleasant dreams. Hmm. Good to know. 
Stop giving him ideas. No! We have learned nothing from Arc 1! <laughs> uh, also, we're now on the march to episode 100. Fucking hell. Mm -hmm. What's the DM got planned for that one? Three words. T-P-K. <laughs> Can I bring Kurt back? <laughs> they were uh, letters. It's what they stand for. Yeah, no, no. Fantastic about this. <laughs> All right, well, it's a madness, not madness in total. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Of course you do. Do you like people with New Zealand accents? Of course you do again. Wake up, bucko. It's the fate of Iceland. We roll dice, laugh a lot, and tell a surprisingly compelling tale about a plucky group of weirdos. Hey, who are you calling a weirdo? Who gets swept up in a quest to quote-unquote save the world of Iceland. There's action, excitement, and there's a lot of apples. Seriously, there's way too many apples. It's uh, it got way out of proportion. Weird as my mother's top lip. On the Necropodicon Network. See you there. That'll do. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.